0: This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to Philip Bergquist. That's hard to pronounce, and I can't really think of any funny jokes about it. But Rodrigo says it sounds like someone
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not even ten seconds into the show we're on off the rails. Can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? Hey Philip, this show's for you. It is indeed.
0: issue should old acquaintance be forgot and steven's hangover is probably gone by now in the new year i matthew resolve not to make evil jokes that make fun of my colleagues Stephen and rodrigo so anyway yeah the uh, major spoilers podcast is on the air
1: Hey everyone, welcome to a new issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could be with us. This is our welcome first recorded podcast in 2011. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had That's one right, on New 11, Year's Day, but that so was recorded in apocalypse 2010. Apocalypse. 2010. Oh yeah, just two years. December 20, what? twenty second 22nd, 22nd, 2012.
0: Right. So basically, Tom Boaz's 42nd birthday is the end of the Woo-hoo! world. Might as well be. I've always thought
1: so. Hope everyone Mark had a wonderful holiday. Look who's back!
0: Hello. It's Hello! Rodrigo,
1: back from the hey, great white Rodrigo! north of Ohio. Yep, how was it?
3: It was snowy, well, it was snowy, snowy, lots of snow, more uh, snow than here. Oh yeah, did you have to Wait. shovel anybody out? I didn't. Um, did you we have had to some... rescue any little old
1: ladies from their frozen apartment.
3: No, did you push any? Li- well, little I mean, old I did. Maybe
1: I did have to. <laughs> did you lots but of little I didn't. old ladies in their apartment? Yeah.
0: <laughs> were, were, were there tin soldiers and Nixon coming? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Were you finally on your own? <laughs> did you ever hear the drumming?
3: Um, it was it was fun. I got to spend some time with my nephews. Yeah. Um, I got to <laughs> thanks for no selling my joke there, Lopez. Jeez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. Did you read some comics? Did you hang out? I you did. Relaxed? I got did a
3: fun. I got a chance to read some comics. Um, I got a chance to watch some movies that I hadn't seen. Um, I watch how to, I finally watched how to train your dragon. Yeah. It's a good movie, huh? Good movie. Yeah. Um, I think because, um, my nephew has seen it so many times that sometimes he, you know, just kind of Turns decides during the, the, the not so fun parts to do other things, you know, the parts where they're explaining what's actually happening. Oh, I
1: thought that whole movie was great. I mean, my son, I didn't think it was going to be good. And he was like, let's watch it. And I was like, okay, so we got it. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and watched it, and the whole oh. family was just like, This is an awesome movie. And he just
3: loves it. So, that movie's been out for almost a year now. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to, I'm kind of going to throw a spoiler out because I was so amazed by it. The main character loses a leg. Yeah, he does. He loses a leg at the end of it. Yeah, he does. And he's just walking around without a leg. Like the main, a kid loses a leg in that movie. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And he gets the girl. At the end. <laughs> yeah.
1: Astrid. Her name was Astrid. Have you seen that movie, Matthew? So
0: wait, I've read the books because I, I love the joke that the book, the actual book within the book, how to train your dragon is one page. Yeah. It says yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't actually seen the movie. Oh, you need to, um, see it. my kid has seen it. She's bothered by it because she says they added some stupid girl. Hmm. There's hmm. apparently no girlfriend in the actual book. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. She doesn't like the stupid girl.
1: Well, it gives uh, it gives um, what's his name, uh, hapless or whatever his is. hiccup. Hiccup, he gives him a, a chance hiccup to do something, you know, mm-hmm. have a goal to get the girl, right? Uh, and then there's there's two twins. Um, what are the twins' names? Burlap and Surlap, or whatever it is, something like that. Stinkweed and Winkweed, or whatever. One of those is a girl,
3: right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a couple of girls in that. Voiced by like Kristen Wig from. Saturday Night Live, oh, really? like all of those like very minor characters are voiced by like random famous people. Yeah, like uh, uh what's Jonah his name? Hill is one of them. The guy that does
1: the uh, Tonight <clears throat> Show that used to be on the Drew Carey show, the Late Late Show or whatever his name is. Oh, Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. Yeah, he's he on does it. one of the voices. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good movie. I I do recommend it. And you're right, it did come out. Like way in the first part of two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah. it is it is worth checking out. Listen oh, yeah, definitely. you have that. Well good, Rodrigo. We are glad that you are back. Yeah. Because I think people are getting tired of two fat white guys sitting around jabber jawing.
3: I know I do. Yeah. Yeah. Ah did nah. I say that out loud. Okay, <laughs> okay.
1: We got three news items. Basically
0: this week. it's like two jab of the huts yelling at each other. <laughs> oh, 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 so. <laughs> 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 now that and you're then, here, there's a little guy to sit on my shoulder. And go. <laughs> yes.
1: Let's get to awesome. some news. Three news items this week: Marvel <laughs> gets a new editor in chief, Flex Mentallo gets collected, and DC is holding the line for you at two ninety nine throughout two thousand eleven. Let's spin that wheel of destiny and see where we land. And there it goes, landing on. Flex Mentalo gets collected. Now, I'll let you listeners know right away that Matthew has been pestering us for a while now, better half of 2010, to say, you know what, we ought to review? We ought to review Flex Mentalo. And it's like, I can't get any issues of it. There's no issues of it around. I don't have a back issue bin. My back issue bin at at my local shop consists of Justice League from 1997.
3: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: And it doesn't have any of the stuff. So uh, now in 2011, this fall, we will be able to get a collected edition of Flex Mentallo, the four-issue Grant Morrison series. Uh, Flex Mentalo, Matthew, we'll let you explain more, but the only thing that I know about him is that he spun out or was introduced in the Doom Patrol that Grant Morrison was writing back in the day.
0: Yep, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol was whack jobbery of the finest type, and Flex just sort of showed up. Um, essentially, Flex Mentalo was originally a joke about the old Charles Atlas ads that you'd see in the book. The insult that made a man out of Mac. Right. So Flex Flex Mentalo basically was the hero of the beach. He walks around in, you know, a little uh, beach outfit with... Uh, leopard print on I it or something. I think those are leopard prints on it, yeah. And his power is that he can flex and he can alter reality, and he has a hero halo that says, Hero of the Beach, above him. <laughs> but after he appeared in... Uh Doom Patrol, they did a four-issue series and this is to my knowledge the first American work by Morrison and Quietly together. I may be uh, wrong. Okay. This was 96. All right. And oh my god, it is simply amazing because it's it's Grant Morrison doing the stuff that he does best, weird, you know, psycho-realistic stuff and it has, you know, there's a sexual edge to it, which is say, fascinating. the only thing
1: that I the okay. only Flex stuff that I've seen posted on a mm-hmm. website somewhere was like Flex Mentalo and Hell, and there's like a huge orgy going on or something. I've seen like one yeah. page or one panel of that.
0: that. That book basically talks about the nature of reality, and Flex and the other heroes aren't from the DC universe. Mm-hmm. They actually had to save their own world by making all the superheroes fictional. So there's a moment in the story where all the heroes come together and create this giant world engine that turns them all into comic book characters. Hmm. that transforms these real world characters into comic characters. And it's really, yeah, it's kind of a mind screw uh, of the highest order. It's really well done though. It's well, well it's drawn. Only,
1: it's only four issues. I mean, can they pack, yeah, is there it's a an lot of story portion. packed into those four issues or is this like, not only do we have to read this collected edition, but now we have to go and track down Grant Morrison's doom patrol collected edition.
0: Well, flex didn't do a lot in doom patrol. I think he did maybe what? four or five issues of doom patrol Mm, right in the midst of the whole Danny, the street madness, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now DC was able to reprint his first appearance and his early doom patrol appearances. Um, when they did the doom patrol books a couple years ago, which is, you know,
1: my understanding is they haven't been able to reproduce or reprint these because there was a lawsuit from Charles Atlas or a threatened.
0: I'm not sure if there was actually a full fledged lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I think there was a complaint, hmm. and DC went, yeah, you know, we we cop to it, this is a parody of your character, and I believe that the Atlas Foundation was like, you know, uh, gentlemen, maybe you should give us some money, or something to that effect. But mm-hmm. the thing that's frustrating is that Flex Mentallo is kind of part and parcel of the same thought process. It, it, it's not exactly a trilogy, but it kind of is with the invisibles which is amazing which is that? and the filth which which is disgusting and disturbing but still amazing so i think that you know flex mentallo is really interesting to me in that it's the first time i really interacted with grant morris and i had dropped his doom patrol before he took over and then I went back and I actually, you know, reworked my way into that whole Doom Patrol mess. But Flex Mentallo is a pretty amazing series, and I'm absolutely thrilled to see it back in print. And as soon as it comes out, I am demanding it on the trade paperback.
1: I, I've put it on the list. I am compiling the list. I've got about what do we got here? About fifteen titles right now that we, we will need be to hit up some more manga.
0: We need to hit up some manga.
1: No, not that. of Hint like stuff that you were talking about. Love La Blue week. Girl, yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you,
0: Rodrigo. Are you excited
1: about a bare-chested hairy man popping out of your comic books in the near future?
3: A bare-chested hairy man. <laughs> yeah, um, well, hairy man. I, I do. I do. Or as
0: Rodrigo calls it, Friday.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I was. I was going to say. I do feel that I need more representation of somebody who looks like me in comics. So, if there's a hairy guy with a, a chest that looks like a bear. <laughs> then you know that makes well,
0: sense. flex flex has two eyebrows were you
1: born uh, when flex metallo mind. came out in 1991
3: 1991 yes okay all right just checking okay. but are you familiar with the character at all i'm not. I'm, I'm really not okay Same. i had heard the name before and i was like that was an awesome. That's an awesome name. I wonder what that goes to, and yeah. then promptly forgot about it. Probably when somebody said something like Kip Fisto or something like that.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that sounds even better. Does he have a lightsaber? Why, yes, ah, yes, it does. Is. <laughs> Kip Fisto, Matthew. We expect to have a complete hero history. We expect to have a complete hero history of this uh, character very soon. Up it's on good the to expect Explorer things. Site. Hey, it would that be a way, perfect you know, tie-in to get people a- super excited about about the trade paperback, and then maybe DC goes, "Hey, those guys are are pretty cool cats over there. Let's throw them a bone." And here you go, guys.
3: That's that's a problematic analogy. <laughs> cats do not like yeah.
1: bones. Do not does not equate does.
3: That not makes equate. perfect burr, sense because burr, burr, the
0: eighty three Legion of Superheroes <laughs> histories wouldn't have gotten their attention, but one friggin' Flex Mentallo would. Oh. I'm sure.
1: Uh you know the hero histories are quite popular by a number of people, Matthew. Anything the, else? Anything else? Anything else?
0: Um, you know that other story you had there?
1: Which one is that?
0: The About uh, Marvel gets
1: Oh, DC holds no, the I line at 299. Yeah. Yeah, DC is basically I, th- this was announced, you know, back last year at like I don't know, one of the comic book conventions that they said a majority of their yeah, titles would be 299. Yeah, and uh, one of the drawbacks was some of the titles were losing their 8-page backup. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the titles were going down to 20 pages instead of 22 pages, and some people complained mm-hmm. about that. Though we've talked on the show about um, issues that were that used to be only 17 pages long.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What's the problem with with that announcement, Matthew?
0: I don't think there is one. Oh, okay. Simply, simply because I've heard rumors and rumblings, and by that I mean, you know, I might have heard it from Mister Tronka <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> One of the things that they may be bringing back to the books are letter pages.
1: No, that's that's actually official. That was announced today from DC Comics uh, that they will yeah. be bringing back the letter pages mm. uh, in 2011. <coughs> and I want to say, let me See. look real quick. It's the source that has a DC blog dot dot com and yeah. the letters column. Da da da. Let me find it here real quick. Oh, they had a lot of stuff up here today. Oh look, there's uh, there's Tom Welling, and he's wearing uh, in a reflection of Superman suit.
4: What? Uh, what? My name's Tom Welling. And I wear Superman.
1: Uh, I don't see it. Too I old to play Superman now? No, hacker. Superman's only thirty. He's a perfect age now. Here we go. Uh, Superman's only
0: thirty years old. Tom Welling's like fifty seven.
1: Dear DC Nason, this comes from um, poo is this from Dan? No, David Hyde who's one of their PR people. We are pleased to announce I the the letters pages in all the in all your favorite DC books. Now you have a chance to ask questions and offer your observations directly to our editors and creators, so write it now and let's get this conversation going. You can submit letters to dcletterpage.com or you can mail them to Letters to the Editor, DC Comics, 1700 Broadway, NYNY. 10019.
0: 9 Yes, yes. Awesome.
1: Letters may be, as always, with anything submitted to anybody, letters may be edited yeah. for length or clarity and may be published in any medium. Letters become the property of DC Comics. Sure. Just like everything that's published over in the, in the major spoilers forums becomes the property automatically. Of major spoilers, yep.
0: sure, yeah, exactly. Just, just like actually showing up and reading major spoilers makes you legally the property. of Exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. That's
0: how, that's how Rodrigo and I have been forced into. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I just showed up to read we the were, side ones. Exactly, we're the first ones who showed up, and now look at us. Two years <laughs> later, we can. Yes, we love the what the spoilers experience. Yeah, just, just kidding. Just kidding. welcome so, to the Saturn you like family.
1: The, you like the return of the letter pages? Doesn't that kill forums? Doesn't that kill the internet?
3: That
0: kills Nothing the internet. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, you know, what's gonna idea. show up in the book is six weeks after you wrote it on the internet, it's gonna go and and I also said this. I right, right, may right. be the only one of us who actually had a letter published back when they had letter columns.
1: Yeah, no, I never wrote in. Do you ever write in? Because I'm awesome.
3: Not not for Dear not for Mr. Comics. Todd McFarlane. I think, uh, think you is are awesome. is so
0: great.
4: <laughs> Just would we would like a a to have you autograph Madonna's underpants and send week. We? Dear Rob Liefeld, I think your art is terrific. Signed, Lil Rodrigo. Just the other day, as I was chasing down my beanie with a propeller on it, because the wind blew it away, I was thinking, oh, if only I had no feet. (laughs) (laughs) This would be so much weight. And and then these five
0: salamanders came up from the lake, and they told me of your work.
1: (laughs) Speaking of letters and letters columns, here we have one. From Dungeon Master, who says the latest article by Rodrigo on what makes
0: an Wait, RPG? Wait, can I read it RPG. in the Dungeon Master voice?
1: Sure, as no, long as you know. also do the Tiamat voice as well. The Tiamat voice is very difficult to do. There you go, and it hurts my throat. <laughs> Are you going to do the Dungeon Master voice now?
0: Oh no, I don't want to.
1: Oh, okay. I've always had an issue calling a video game an RPG could never really articulate why rodrigo you did a wonderful job of doing that for me yes i have a hard time thinking for myself i work for the federal government and get hit in the face regularly with a shovel please let rodrigo know that he's my hero and the reason i am now a member of your site from somebody called dungeon master that's all he that's all he said so way to go rodrigo that article still generates a lot of a lot of feedback and content uh, Scott
0: Wegener. Yeah. How do, how do I get the, that government head injury job? <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I'd be good at
1: that. <laughs> Any, basically, you have to have a head injury. See, you work I, for the government. So let's
0: just put it that way.
3: I, I think it would be funny. You know, there's a, there's a lot of heated debate about this, this healthcare right. issue. I think it would be funny if... The only way that certain things could have passed if if there was a certain number of injuries is, like, mm-hmm. the only way this is going to be cost-effective for the government is if there are so many injuries. There's, like, 10,000 so injuries there, a month. There, there so we is, have to... is, there's a government stipend for people to get hit <laughs> over the head with a shovel, because it is the only way that free health care is going to work in the United States. Well,
0: this year, our goal was only four workplace injuries. Since we only had two, we had to injure two of you in addition to make sure we hit goal.
1: Uh, Scott Wegener, the uh, the artist for Atomic Robo, one of our favorite series here at Major Spoilers, says, "Stephen, I just listened to the podcast where you uh, back that you did back in September, where you interviewed Mark Wade. It was a killer. I find my, I found myself getting all worked up uh, as Mark went on all the file sharing and more legal di- digital side of comics is something that Brian Clevenger, the uh, the writer of Atomic Robo, and I have been talking about since before the first issue of Atomic Robo came out. It's amazing to us how in the dark, our industry is about these things. Oh, about how in the dark our industry about about these things. See, I read all this stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Granted, Brian comes from webcomics, so that gives him a much clearer picture of what's going on than the guys running the big two. I'm pretty sure that after this week, Mark is my new hero. And I am surprised at the number of people who have not Listen to Mark Wade go on because there's been a couple of interviews where people have talked to Mark Wade and said, "Well, tell us about your digital thoughts," and they have to condense that to fit into a web page, right? Right about digital distribution, all this. We mm-hmm. have an hour long conversation yeah. where Mark Wade goes on yep. in detail about that, and that interview is comics.
3: thorough. I mean, it is. I
1: tried to cover everything, and I've been kind of pushing Chip Mosier over there at Boom Studios. Say, hey, we need to get Mark back on the show again real soon, yeah, because same. Ch- things have changed. You know, he's freelance now. He's no yeah. longer uh, working uh, as, a, as a company man at Boom. And the word on the street is he did that so he could go more into digital comics and see what it's all about. So, nice.
0: Sure. So, I could have sworn you that you so Scott much. Wagner was the lead singer of Stone Devil Pilots.
1: He might be. He might also be the artist for Atomic Robo. Maybe that's what he does is in the night job. That'll explain why there's not 15 Atomic Robo titles out every month. Right. Like that Accursed Batman
3: Batman. Batman, 18 titles in March. Batman is hardly a robot. <laughs> <laughs> he, lo- he works and like And he's well, certainly though. not atomic.
1: All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. Oh, my gosh, look at the time. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to be getting to some reviews. How to get a major spoilers shout
2: out. If you want to get a personalized shout out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one. Visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax, and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major Spoilers, bringing the good stuff since
1: 20-06. Once again, thank you for everybody who contributed to the uh Donating to the Major Spoilers podcast and the Major Spoilers cause, we appreciate everything that everybody does for us, including everyone who bought those Critical Hit t-shirts. And those are limited edition, Rodrigo. We sold a bunch of them. Nice. We still get people saying, hey, is there any way I can get a
3: Critical Hit t-shirt? And what do you tell them? No!
1: It's That's why true. it's called the limited edition t-shirt. That however, t-shirt
3: will not come back. However,
1: I will say, look to the Major Spoilers store. Something's coming real soon. Watch the skies. Watch the skies. The truth is out there.
4: Save the cheerleader. (laughs)
1: Let's talk about some
4: reviews.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, what do we got this week? We've got something from last week.
0: Something something. Something old, something blue, something borrowed, and something really good. I don't know when this one comes out, Rodrigo. When
1: does it come out? In the future? I don't know.
0: The far flung year twenty-six.
1: This past week, I picked up Gotham City Sirens number 18. You know, I like that series for what it is. You know, here's Catwoman and Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy trying to keep out of trouble and, and uh, do the things that villainesses do when they're off time, like rebuild a uh, animal shelter and turn it into their secret lair. There's a good Humpty Dumpty episode. What was, what's the Humpty Dumpty girl name, Matthew? The, the, uh, the uh, carpenter. There was a good arc with the Carpenter, I think, that was in Gotham City Sirens. Um, However, both issues 17 and 18, I'm I'm just bah with. It's almost gotten to the point where the bile in my throat is at the same level as whenever someone mentions Batman Confidential. The solicitation says, how far will Zatanna go for the people she loves? How far will Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn go for Catwoman when they find out she's been lying to them? (gasps) Right? Okay, so the the thing is, and this is the biggest problem with this story arc, is that it seems that DC doesn't know what they want to do with Catwoman. Right? If we know Zatanna, and we know what power she's had in the past, and what has uh, sprung up in the last, what, four years, three years, or whatever. And we also know that Catwoman has had a series reboot several times. You know, when Catwoman was in her own title, she figured out and fell in love with Batman, Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne, Batman, fell in love with Selina Catwoman. But then she lost her mind. She went crazy. She went nice for a while. She had a mind wipe. Then it was revealed that Satana gave her a mind wipe. All this. And, and, and each time that they've, they've tweaked with Catwoman's memory, mm-hmm. it's a good time to reboot with Catwoman number one. Right. But it's been done each time that it's gotten to the point where, great, we're tweaking with her mind yet again. hmm. So. That's what's going on in the current issue of Gotham City Sirens. Zatanna has been tasked by um, Talia Agul to to erase all memory of Bruce Wayne from Catwoman's mind because she thinks it's a liability. Hmm. Because she doesn't want Poison Ivy or or Harley Quinn to find out that Bruce Wayne is Batman because that would be big trouble.
4: Hmm.
1: Of course, there's also the little problem that Talia wants Bruce Wayne wiped from Catwoman's mind so that... Talia is the only woman that Bruce will go out with.
3: Oh, this is like Betty and Veronica.
1: Oh, it's it's worse than Archie and, and Reggie. Totally worse than that. So, this has got to be the third time that we've had a mind tweak. It's getting really, really old. It's really dumb to do this again and again and again to this character. DC, I think at this point, if they want to get rid of Catwoman, or they want to reboot her, they need to do one of two things. They either need to let her continuity history go, the way it's gone, and just deal with the consequences. She's either good or she's evil. Mm -hmm. Or she could be, you know, the tightrope walker that occasionally goes and lifts a big diamond from a uh, a rich bastard who deserves it. Right. Or they put a gun to her head and pull the trigger, and that's that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they tried to replace Catwoman with... uh, Catgirl? No, with... uh, What's her face? Holly Robinson. Holly Robinson, but not that Holly Robinson. Oh, too bad. I
3: was excited about that. (laughs) That was a pretty big deal.
1: But it's gotten to the point where you can't keep redoing the same storyline again and again and again and again. The only highlight to this issue was the conversation that Zatanna had with the ghost of Zatara when she was saying, do I really need to mind wiper? What's good? What's right? What's wrong? That was the only kind of highlight of this issue. The art was pretty good. And the fact that I guess uh, Zatara and Zatanna have conversations quite a bit. I didn't know this, Matthew. Did you? No. Apparently, she and her ghost in father fact, have lots of conversations together.
0: Well, that's odd because she has her own monthly series, and they made a big deal recently about him showing up and how weird and obscure it was, I believe. Well,
1: apparently, he just pops. She's sitting in the park, and all of a sudden, he just appears as a ghost, and they have a conversation, and it's just like, not a shock. I thought this was. Boy, it's a good thing was. she
0: doesn't have her own book that would make this sort of you know obnoxious and hard to read.
1: <laughs> That's basically oh, what Gotham City Sirens has become: obnoxious and hard to read. I'm giving this one out of five slices of meatloaf. This is a book that you wow. totally need to skip. And if if they don't get this resolved, and I, I'm thinking next issue is where they're going to resolve. I think this is only a three uh, story or a three issue arc. If they don't get this whole Catwoman mind wipe thing resolved if it continues much longer this book is going to go the way of Batman confidential which means that I'll only be down to 17 books a month that feature Batman and the (laughs) bat related family
0: in it you know you don't have to read them just because he's in it
1: oh no he's on the cover sometimes but not on the inside and I'll buy it just for that too
0: yeah yeah yeah, no, we've, a, we've, a, to we've addressed that. the fact that you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Admitting you have a problem is the first step to getting help.
1: Gotham City Sirens number 18. And, and this is
0: coming from a man with more comics than friends and a man oh whose magic gosh. cards actually right, 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 are no, his friends.
1: You cannot tell by looking at this room. This room's uh-huh. still rather messy. But I spent this past weekend bagging, boarding, and cataloging about 1,200 comics. Nice. I can actually walk through the Nerd Room of Doom. Wow. I, it's not totally clean, but it is much better than it was last Friday. 1,200 more comics, Matthew. I have, what is it now? Uh, four times ten forty, forty 40, long boxes. Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah no, not nice. And
0: 20 of those are Legends of the Dark Knight.
1: Yes. And, you know, I've got, uh, I'm buying 15 more long boxes to cover up for the ones that, or to pack up and catalog the ones that have been lying around for the last three years. Mm-hmm not going to be a pretty sight now. It'll be a pretty no. sight once it's all cleaned up, but after that, I think it's going to be time to start giving away comics. Yeah. Oh, and I should say, you know, listeners, if you haven't been over to Major Spoilers, I would be checking Major Spoilers and the forums regularly because I am in a giving mood in 2011. It's a good He's year. You've been giving
0: me all sorts of things.
1: <laughs> well, you know, if you Heart keep rubbing burn. that
0: cream on there, it'll take uh,
1: care of <laughs> uh-huh. I have got a pile of stuff that's been sitting in the other room for nylon, six, <laughs> well, if six you keep rubbing cream now, on it, it'll be- <laughs> that I need to get rid of. There's action figures, there's statues, mm-hmm. there's comic books, there's trades. It's all got to go in 2011. So be looking for contests, looking for giveaways. <laughs> We're w- closing our
0: doors, <laughs> and that means volume, volume, volume. We're well, passing our sales directly on to you. And you never
1: know how it's going to strike because somebody in the forums was like oh man, I'm having a hard time tracking down these last couple uh, Green Lantern giveaway rings. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've got a whole collection right here. Send me your email, send me your mailing address and you'll have them by Friday. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. Never know.
3: That said, don't just show up to the forums and be like, gimme, 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 gimme. It has I sure to be, would like some stuff. It has to be a legitimate sob story. That really wasn't a sob yes. story. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, I've got these things. Literally, they were sitting here on the desk because I had moved them from one pile to another. And I read that. I'm like, these things are going out the door today. I swear to God. And yep. so they are out the door. Uh, but we've got a lot of stuff giveaway and I'm in like I said I'm in a giving mood and and uh, we'll keep giving to you until it until it hurts. Speaking of hurting. <laughs> tell me about this book. This is an upcoming book. Yep. Rodrigo. Treasures of the Realm. Does Treasures hurt, of the hurt? Realm. Now, this sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons oh.
3: kind of fantasy sci-fi it kind is. of thing. It is a. it's very much a fantasy book. Um it is, you can find it, I think, on drive through stuff. RPG.drive through is, is the web distributor okay. of the digital and the hard copy. So you can order a hard copy or you can download the PDF, I think. Um, possibly for the same price. I don't know. I haven't gone into to really check it out. Right. But I'm going to say the same prize and probably be wrong. <laughs> um, so, Treasures of the Realm is about <laughs> a kid. And his uh, companion, who's a little kobold, um, and they are scavengers, and they scavenge weaponry and then try to sell it so that they can basically buy food and lodging and stuff. Um, All of a sudden, a cool guy shows up, and he's fighting some monsters, and he's like, rawr, and then they kind of get in the way, and he fights the monsters, and he's like, come with me, you guys, I will take you to the city, and they're like, okay. So they go along and then they get kind of uh, involved in this plot to destroy the universe and get some magical jewelry. Um it's interesting. It's it's definitely it's got a fun kind of upbeat thing going. Mm-hmm. Um I like a lot of things about it, but there is one a serious problem with it, and that is. Can't be the artwork because the artwork is. Brilliant. The artwork is fantastic. So we'll go. Let's go there first. The artwork is excellent. I don't know who. Um, let's see. Jezreel Rojales is, but people need to start pretty much learning how to pronounce that name <laughs> because. I'll never learn how. His his stuff is really good, and I mean really good. It is. I just looked at this stuff as I was passing it around to people, and I was like, holy crap. I was really surprised, because I don't know that this guy is doing anything right now. The only
1: thing that I can come close to comparing this to is Popmon, if people know him, yeah. and his art style. It's kind of like that.
3: It looks like, um, and I forget what the guy's actual last name is, uh, he goes by Chris2D on DeviantArt. Oh, but okay. we've had stuff yeah, yeah, by yeah. him before yeah, yeah, on the yeah. site. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what his last name is. But yeah, it's it's really solid. You know, it's it's like it's an animated looking style without being completely mango-y or completely cartoony. Mm-hmm. His proportions are great, his like uh depth of field and and, and, and like vanishing whatever, like uh what do I want to say? Vanishing point. Foreshortening and stuff and yeah, yeah. perspective is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um the the character positions, are, and a lot of times when you get into indie titles, you know, you get um, writers that are rough around the edges teamed up with artists that are rough around the edges, and this right. guy is
1: not. We've seen
3: some of that come through yes, this week. Yes, we have. So. Um, this guy is not. He is on top of it. Which brings us back to the writing. The writing, the actual writing, the actual text on the book is problematic. The town is full of ghouls! That one is not as much of a problem, no. but... There are commas missing, there are times when, uh, I I can't think of specific examples, but, oh, like, it was like, this is every man's fantasy or something like that. Mm -hmm. And every man is one word, which actually changes the... What that sentence actually says?
1: Phil Everyman,
3: who lives down the street. Well, exactly. It's like this is Phil Everyman's fantasy. Is this? Is this? He lives right next to Ralph (laughs) Wiseman. Yeah, I was like, is is this a commentary on society? No, it's just there should be a space there. There's another problem, which is that the characters go back and forward between kind of fantasy talk and real world talk, because actually, what that statement actually is is that woman is every man's wet dream. I was like, do. Fantasy characters say wet dream. Verily, bring me my iPod, please. Yeah, exactly. Forsooth. Forsooth, y'all. <laughs>
0: Thou art ein dork.
3: Why are they German all of a sudden?
0: <laughs> You're a schnitzel. I'm not a schnitzel. Ich, ich habe eine kleine probleme <laughs> avec diese comic Now,
1: this is only one thing that I... That, and... I will say this, listeners, and people, I know that there are creators out there. I mean, we're not being any disrespect here. But, right, right. Um, we get a lot of independent people who contact us and say, well, can you guys review our stuff? And we will review it. Um, you just have to contact me, and, and we can work it out. This is one that was, somebody had contacted me, AD Productions contact me over the last week and said, hey, you guys think you might want to take a look at our stuff? Mm-hmm. Art is great. I hadn't had a chance to read through it. One thing I would say is if you can, send us something that is the close to the final version as possible because yeah. i'm not sure that this is the final this may be just an early draft because it says here in the uh in the credits letterer and colorist and there's no color in this book right so i'm wondering if this is an early draft of the book or or what's going well
3: on let's there. hope and if it is there may be still time please to get, get some somebody edit, to proofread that because there are serious serious problems with it and just like you can't compete because once you make your comic you're competing with every other comic out Mm -hmm. there people are not going to spend their money on a comic you know when on your comic if there's a comic of higher quality out there they're not going to take a chance on you unless your new comic is fantastic or incredibly original or whatever right 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 so if there are problems like this you are you know you that that is that is readers you are hemorrhaging out of your potential readership pool right so make sure that somebody proofs read your comic because you can't have grammar errors you can't have spelling errors did you get
1: to the point where you are starting to keep track
3: i i wanted to pull out a red pen but seriously it is rampant like and at first it's not as obvious at first but as the book goes on Mm, okay there are problems and I, I I was going back and forth between saying this. I think I'm going to say this. I, I certainly mean it. I do not mean any disrespect by it. If it's not the case, but it kind of came across like the writer's, like English wasn't the writer's first language. There are times when the phrasing is awkward, like something you would phrase say in Spanish or something like that, and then when put into English, sounds very awkward.
1: A N T O I N E is the first name.
3: Right, but his last, last name, name is, is Hicks. Hicks, Yeah, so. so I don't know, I don't know, I mean, he could just be a French guy with the last name Hicks, <laughs> but, um... Or this could be
1: a translated book, who knows?
3: It could be, I don't know, I have no idea, but there are some real problems there that have to be addressed, other than that, the plot seems good, so far, I mean, it's only one issue, yeah, but it's, it's a four you know, issue. It's, it's a four-issue series. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, at the end, there's a cliffhanger, and you don't know what's going on, and it's cool.
4: The city is full of ghouls! Exactly. The city is full of ghouls! I have a magic tiara! But I'm a boy!
3: <laughs> <laughs> they don't get into that, but, you know, they could. Um, <laughs> is that in the book? Is not really in the book? No, that would oh, be okay. awesome if it was, though. <laughs> that, uh, actually, that would be awesome if... Because there's this... okay. There's this a kobold, which uh, in this world kobolds are apparently just little squirrel people, raccoons or something. Yeah, like yeah. raccoon looking guy. Um, which is kind of a problem because he's very reminiscent of the guy from Telos. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah, yeah. little fox guy. Mm-hmm. But that w- that would be funny if he gets this magic because <laughs> that that thing and and it's awesome and and it is a cool concept because the the awesome guy has this helmet and he takes off the helmet and he gives it to the raccoon and it turns into this circlet mm-hmm. um or to the kobold so it, it would be awesome it's like oh man <laughs> well, why why but i'm a bull <laughs> that is not in the book oh, what, but God.
0: would he have to talk like jimmy stewart for that to work <laughs> no, cause, Cause it's, it's just kind of kind of strange that i'm a boy with a well, a tiara like Wonder
3: Woman. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll, I'll wear it for now. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was every, Christopher walking. Every time walking. <laughs>
0: someone makes a tonsorial choice, an angel gets his wings. I right.
3: will wear this tiara. Bottom line, Rodrigo, on this. Bottom board. line, it needs to work. The artist's fantastic. You can you can get this and just kind of ignore the word balloons, mm-hmm. but that's a disservice to the story. I'm gonna give it.
0: Yeah, you should save that for Brian Bendis.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna give it two slices of meatloaf, and that is purely on art and potential. But the the words are so very if the, distracting. If they clean up the words, if they clean up the words, this will be and and get some good color on it because you mm-hmm. know you do. I mean, a, a black and white comic is fine, and the um, art looks great in in black and white. It really does. Like this could be a top of the line indie thing. Yeah, I mean, could. really could. There's there's a there's a definite market for fantasy comics. This could be really good. You just need to get somebody to proofread the words, and you'll be fine. Especially with that critical hit being as popular as it is right now. Oh, I think yeah. that's driving. I mean, we the are, fantasy. We are increasing the <laughs> stock of every fantasy property. We are joking, just people. by being as awesome as we that are. That is sarcasm, people.
1: We are sarcasm. Awesome.
3: Sarcasm, by right we, I mean there. <laughs> yes, Matthew is awesome.
1: The rest of us suck. I will say that.
0: Speaking of Matthew, Didn't say you
1: suck. Speaking of Matthew, I
0: absolutely did not say that. Rodrigo sucks. Are there are
1: there are there eighteen Avengers titles out there? Are they, is it like Batman and does, is Wolverine There are on
0: all actually all of them? sixty-four Avengers
4: titles. No. Uh,
0: there's Avengers. There's New Avengers. There's Mighty Avengers. There's okay. Avengers Academy. There's uh, I believe it's the Sanford Avengers.
2: and Avengers. Avengers there's, uh, the Jeff
0: Avengers. There's, uh, Avengers Up Your Nose with a Rubber Hose. Um, Avengers. if I'm not mistaken, there's a book out there that is actually just, uh, Young Avengers called Avengers Young Gone Avengers, Wild. but it's not the same. Avengers. Gone oh, that's Wild. a good one, actually. That's, uh, The Wasp's Vacation in uh, Martinique. <laughs> and you really, she took Ms. Marvel. It got ugly. But yes, there are 57 Avengers titles each month. And one of them is just called. Avengers. And I want you to know that of all the comic books I read this week, Avengers number eight is one of them. Uh Oh, (laughs) well, you guys both, you know, had some problems with the issues that you read. And occasionally we like to have theme shows where we all do really, really good reviews. And (laughs) since you both screwed that over, I'm going to go ahead and let's look at Avengers number eight.
1: All right, let's look at it.
0: There are three problems with this issue after you've read it. The first is that, in my mind, growing up reading the comics that I did, this entire issue is a four-page aside in the middle of a 22-page story. The entirety of this book is literally four pages worth of material. Stan and Jack would have cranked this out in half a page, you know, with five panels and been done with it. Secondly, it contains the Illuminati. Woo-hoo! The Illuminati is a bad idea. No, no don't woohoo! Oh, not The, the, Illuminati. Illuminati,
1: is the, not the Chir- Illuminati is a
0: bad idea in the Marvel universe. Illuminati. Oh, no word. Uh, Iron Man, Namor the Submariner, Mister Fantastic, Doctor so Strange, do. Professor X, and the late Black Bolt had actually sent his wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's. It's boy. like you know when Yoko sits yeah. in and, and those Beatles ring. Re- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Six six characters, each of whom has a pretty phenomenal uh, portion of the Marvel Universe to himself. Professor X is the mutant chunk, and Reed Richards, of course, is everything over here, and Iron Man is the Avengers, and Doctor Strange is the magic, and Namor is the oceans, and Black Bolt is the, hey, who else do we know that was created by Jack Kirby? So the six of these characters were brought together five, six, seven, eight years ago by Brian Bendis in a story where they sit in a smoke-filled room and manipulate the Marvel Universe and basically jerk their friends and family around. It's a bad concept. The third issue with this issue, the Red Friggin' Hulk. Now let's talk about Red Hulk just for a second. Red Hulk is essentially a one-note mystery joke character that Jeff Loeb came up with. Red Hulk's, the mystery of who he is went on for so long that literally no one cared when it happened. And now that we know who he is, yeah, General Ross, it's kind of undermined because everything that the Red Hulk does and has done really doesn't bear a whole lot of resemblance to the General Ross that we've seen on panel off and on since 1961. So the Red Hulk is essentially a whole cloth new jackass character. So we have these three elements in play. The story starts with Iron Man calling an Illuminati meeting. And there are five pages of Illuminati members showing up and going, I thought we didn't do this anymore. And then Reed Richards showing up having also called an Illuminati meeting.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Last issue, Reed's Infinity Gem was stolen by Parker uh Lewis, who can't lose. No. Parker <laughs> Robbins, the hood. Boom, uh, Brian, Brian Bendis is really, really trying to give a big push to. At the same time, the Red Hulk crashed into Avengers Mansion. So, after five pages of talking, we have three pages of flashback of the Red Hulk crashing through a window and the Avengers going, what happened? And then we have four pages of the Red Hulk telling him, oh, well, I got my my butt kicked by Parker Robbins. There are literally four pages of fight sequence with virtually nothing. And don't get me wrong, it is pretty. It's good to see John Romita doing a big fighty-fighty sequence. But it's five pages out of 22 in a book that literally takes place. It, it's like two conversations. Mm-hmm. So Iron Man splits the Avengers and then we come to the future, and they all go to Attilan. Now, last issue, if you read my review, I complained that Black Bolt left his Infinity Gem, the, one of the most powerful artifacts in the universe, in his basement when they moved away from Attilan. You just forgot it? Or and they actually... it was, was propping up a well, computer, I don't know. or what was going on? I didn't read Realm of Kings well enough to find out, but the uh, Inhumans basically bugged out the same way Hawkeye and BJ bugged out of the 4077 at the end of the match series, and they just left everything behind and wrecked what was still there. The only really awesome part in the book involves Medusa. Every, every word out of Medusa's mouth is pure gold. Namor is like, where is your husband buried? And she's like, I am completely uncomfortable talking to you about this. And there's a point where, uh, they're in the ruins of Attila and, and Namor gives her flack and she's like, you're rather judgmental for a mutant who's made so very, very many mistakes. Nice. But we get to the last page, a two page spread of the Illuminati walking out of, you know, this, it's this snow covered mountain in the Himalayas and standing there are the secret Avengers, the Avengers and the new Avengers, all literally ready to fight. And in the foreground, Steve Rogers is like, Tony, what the hell are you doing? Nice. And then we fade back. That is a really, really good ending. That is a really, really good cliffhanger ending. The problem is the 22 pages that led up to it were literally almost nothing happening. And you can't, you know, to me, you can't say that the book is paced well just because it ended because they obviously stretched it to get to where they're going. The whole point of this is the Illuminati are back together and the Hood is trying to assemble the Infinity Gems. This is issue three of, I presume, six. So this is the point where the story is usually kind of, you know, spread out. And I do like the fact that it's pretty clear that Captain America is finally going to call the Illuminati on their jackassery. But even that doesn't save, you know, save me from the frustration that... It's an Illuminati issue. I hate the Illuminati. The main villain is the hood. I hate the hood. Our supreme guest star, who's probably going to be an ongoing member of the team in the future is the Red Hulk. I'm having trouble warming up to the Red Hulk. So this has been for eight months now, the weakest Avengers title on the stands. And this issue pretty much extends that streak. I, I, I don't dislike it. I don't certainly don't hate it. It's not a book that. Well, let's put it this way. I am a completist by nature, and I work for a website. where I review comics. Were either one of those things not true, I would probably not be buying Avengers any longer. I'm hoping, I'm wanting, I'm wishing for it to get better. Flash did it in issue eight. Flash kicked my socks off with issue eight, but Avengers number eight is pretty disappointing. Two stars, or let's say two slices of meatloaf overall for me. Most of that because John Romita Jr. is, is doing, you know, a big Hulk fight. And finally, Romita has drawn a female character who looks really good, really attractive. People complain that his Spider-Woman is butt ugly after, you know, 15, what, 15 different artists have done Spider-Woman as super stripperific with her costume. It's not a bad issue. It's just not a good issue. It's really stretched out and it's kind of tedious. Even with that nice ending, that nice stinger at the end, it's hard to read through the whole thing. And then of course it has five pages of the oral history of the Avengers at the end, which is just wall of text, TLDR, and then I move on.
1: All right. I, I'm you know, I'm really surprised. The only people I guess going into this show that know what uh what the others have reviewed is you guys knowing what what my rating is. Cause in the rundown, I go ahead and mm-hmm. put it in there. Cause it's easy than to just copy paste into the show notes, but I don't right. know what you guys are thinking of a book until it comes out. So I'm really oh, surprised yeah. that we all had down our blah week, blah week this week.
0: It's, um, it's I, more I likely, it's more I often y'all have
1: three good weeks. Yeah. So, well, i mean, know, there's some good I'm, books that came out this the, week. I really
3: enjoyed the dark night that came out last week. That one was good. It, well, and and besides, with me, you can tell by the things that I tend to, not that I necessarily tend, but uh, some of my choices for trade paperback reviews, that sometimes I pick to review something because I didn't really like it, uh, um, or because, oh you know, I want to talk about it, basically.
1: Great board. Gave me three books here to say, oh, we could review this in the near future. Oh, uh, yeah. Would, Am I going to regret that?
3: Uh, um, you might regret uh-oh. at least one of them. Oh. Are you threatening hey, I've me? I've got a book. i got a book that you
1: would love to read, Rodrigo. Yeah. It's called uh, Haiku the Cat. Nice. It's a children's book. I reviewed it up on the Majorspoilers.com website. It's a book written in Haiku. Nice. About a cat named Haiku. Nice. So knowing you and knowing your love for all things poetry mm-hmm. and your love of cats and your. Deep-seated hatred for Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, <laughs> this book will be right up your alley.
0: Does it end with because I'm Batman?
1: No, it ends with it. Actually, it's a good kids' book. It nice. really is. Um, also, over at the Major Spoilers website, you can pick up some other reviews, including Matthew's recent review that he did on <laughs> Fables number forty-nine, and of course, Jack uh, of we've Fables. got Jack of Fables number forty-nine. Sorry, uh, Fables is up to like 100, 101 issues right now, and then uh, God, we've got I'm so uh, behind on Fables. I know, so am I. I'm only up to like 52 now. Um, and then uh, we've got another great issue of uh, Irredeemable is reviewed from uh, Jason. I think that's who reviewed it, Jason, this week. So go
0: up there, and plenty of reviews. Back to the year we were born for a Batman retro review, you might want to check out as well.
1: Yeah, I saw that up there, too. Check it out. Lots of good stuff over at Major Spoilers, <laughs> lots of news over at Major Spoilers, including...
0: Yeah, that also, that crap you week wrote.
1: ...over at Major Spoilers.
0: It's time... Actually, I was several seconds late, but I'm blaming that on the Skype delay. It is still nonetheless time. For the major spoilers. All of the week, 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 week. In this corner, hailing from the planet Tatooine. Standing three and a quarter inches tall with a big rubbery head, some larger than others because the large head variants are more expensive. Luke Skywalker. And in this corner, hailing from Cohog, Rhode Island, some fat kid with bad hair. There's a third <laughs> corner which we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> people call me Mister Griffin at work, and it really makes me mad because I clearly have a beard. <laughs> I could be the evil Peter Griffin from the mirror universe.
1: This week, um,
0: people make fun of that man. Go.
1: This week, one of our spoilerites, uh, Brad, wrote in and said, "Hey." Maybe if dies. that is his
0: real name, <laughs> that's his
1: real first name. I was going to put his last name in, but that check
0: out the cool. big brain on Brad. He wants to know
1: which is the better Star Wars parody: the robot chicken or Family Guy Star Wars parodies. And then, just to be an ass, I threw in George Lucas because yeah. some people just say he made a parody of Star Wars with episodes
0: one through three. He did. He called it Episode One. <laughs> so, who
1: made the better Star Wars parody, Rodrigo? Go.
3: I really like the uh, the Robot Chicken ones. Did um, you see the most recent one? The, the I haven't seen the most out? recent one. Um, I should have passed that link the, around to you guys because we had a review copy that was awesome. Oh, nice. um, but the previous two were really good. And all of the random Star Wars stuff that Robot... Ch- I mean, really, that's how that all started. Right, Just right. random Star Wars skits pop- within... Mm-hmm. Um, Robot Chicken. I I mean, to to this day, we're constantly quoting the Robot Chicken Star Wars stuff. Um,
0: Get me really.
3: They're kind of the ones who really popularize Admiral Ackbar, right? You know, that was kind of like not a thing, and you know, people would make fun of it every once in a while. But they whole like, it's a trap, regardless of what (laughs) You know, your your taste buds, our taste buds, can't repel flavor of this magnitude. You know, it's 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 really great stuff. The Family Guy stuff was problematic for me. Like, the characters of, like, the the Family Guy characters didn't really fit the the Star Wars characters. It was weird that they're all actually related. Right. Um, Like, you know, um, Cleveland is R2-D2. I don't know. I just, like... As that went on, I was like, this is not a, like this is not a Star Wars parody. This is kind of fan fiction. This is like your characters in the Star Wars world doing cool things in the Star Wars world. I'm going to watch a rerun of 30 Rock now.
1: Yeah. So, you're full, firmly in the robot chicken.
3: Definitely. And as far as George Lucas, Episode 1 wasn't that funny. <laughs> That's
1: very true.
3: Matthew
0: Rodrigo's points stand, but there are a couple of things that I would look, you know, I'd look at. The robot chicken stuff was a lot more hit and miss. It was a lot more, yeah. you know, all over the place. Hulk Hogan voicing, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Jedi fighting George Bush. That's a funny concept. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the family guy thing actually tried to go through and whether this is a better idea or not, it tried to go through each movie and say, here's some funny things about this movie that we all know. And the one that sticks in my mind is when uh, when uh, Lando shows up mm-hmm. and then Han is frozen in carbonite and Brian, as Chewbacca, actually breaks character. And he's like, why are you wearing his clothes? Seriously, look at the movie. He's wearing Han's clothes. I love that moment because that's that quintessential nerd moment that we all have. Right. The Family Guy is more of a a, a kind of a loving recreation. It's like the Brady Bunch on Broadway a couple years ago Mm -hmm. when they're they go and they you know they would re they would re sketch the Brady Bunch episodes. Right. I feel like Robot Chicken because of the nature of what they were doing was more sporadic in the laughs. They had bigger laughs and better laughs. But I feel like the family guy was an overall funnier experience, even if it was more family guy than it was anything else. You know, Mm -hmm. the the running gag about dragging the couch out of the trash, completely senseless, but that's a family guy aside that the manatees put together with the balls that they pushed through the hoops. Right, right. So obviously, you know, I chose George Lucas because episode one is just absolutely the funniest piece of crap ever. <laughs> There's, there is one iconic moment in episode one and that's stupid because it involves cartoon fish and, uh, where Quincy Jones is like, whatever his name is, I can't remember. Uh, Schindler's, Schindler's Jedi says there is always a bigger fish. That's a great moment. But you know, with buzz cut rat tail, uh, Ewan McGregor there. I just kept thinking of the kids who used to torment me in the (laughs) eighties. And, you know, it's, (laughs) and the fact that there are so many different racial slurs and offensive racial accents. I mean, it's funny to just go through that and listen and say, what are they making? They're actually making fun of Eskimos now. What's that about? (laughs) So yeah, I went, I went with Lucas because the question is, which is the better parody of Star Wars? Yeah. Lucas's later work is the best parody of Star Wars because it it didn't intend to be parody. And yet it still came across as a little more ludicrous than, you know, Herbert as uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: I just uh, I found it interesting that a lot of people, because earlier in the week or over the weekend, I had posted the uh, Star Wars Christmas special Mm -hmm. boiled down to five minutes and it was still horrible
0: without the Boba Fett cartoon
1: without the Boba Fett cartoon without the B Arthur uh, huge song and dance number a portion of it was in there
0: now that weird freaky heavy metal Boba Fett cartoon is the only reason yeah. to ever watch that
1: yeah that was the first appearance of Boba Fett in the Star Wars universe
0: well that that and you know
1: Maud. Yes, here comes mod, and a lot of people thought that's what I meant by parody of Star Wars. Oh no, no, no! That was when Star Wars was popular. I remember sitting down for two hours and watching that, and going, "Oh, here comes some good stuff." And then at the end, I was kind of like, "I'm going to bed," nah. <laughs> kind of thing.
3: God, I've, I'm um, a child I, I feel was dirty. Minutes.
1: I did think it was very cool. Yeah, though, nobody wanted to this talk about that cartoon in the middle of it, but yeah, that thing came and went in my mind, and I just have these just vague memories of. Boba Fett on one of those green lizard mount things. Mhm. And the dewbacks, no. yes They're and, called Dubaks, that's what they're called. And then the uh the terrible family Chewbaccas. Oh yeah. I couldn't even
0: remember that. Itchy and Lumpy.
1: I couldn't even remember that B Arthur was in there. I didn't remember that uh Harvey Corn not Harvey Korman Um yeah, was Harvey Korman in? No, um uh,
0: Bernard Hughes.
1: Tim Conway. No no, no, no,
0: not not Tim Conway. Um, the guy Kitell, from The Honey, Kaito was in there, um, and he
1: was a crooked cop. <laughs> so, you know, I, I—that's not what I cop, meant by Star Wars parody. I was meant that Lucas in, ended up making a parody of him yeah. of himself, and he's fine with that. I think for the most part.
0: Um, yeah, I he and Robot his seven hundred trillion dollars are probably very, very happy.
1: I uh, I picked Robot Chicken as the best parody because it wasn't a. I always saw um, Family Guy as more of a tongue-in-cheek straight adaptation
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with some with some weavings in and out. Right. This latest Robot Chicken one, the Star Wars three one, that took a story and wrapped it through the entire Star Wars universe, making fun of the Star Wars universe, but making it all original fun of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Plus, it's all stop motion. And, I, I have a fondness in my heart for
0: oh, yeah. stop
1: motion like that. So now, I picked a uh, robot. Chicken. Have
0: you guys? Have either of you ever read Tag and Bink are dead? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love the. We should throw that on the yeah. trade paperback. I think list I may that may isn't even deep.
1: had that on the on the list as well at at some point.
0: We so. definitely need to cover that because I love that whole Rosencrantz and Gildenstern in the Star Wars yeah. universe business. Fascinating.
1: How how did the rest of the spoilerite nation? Uh, vote on this, Mace, or Matthew. We are the
0: nation of spoileration. Dun-dun! I'm going to say three votes because my thing isn't going. 303 votes are what I'm saying. 44% oh, okay. agreeing with y'all saying Robot Chicken. 37% saying George Lucas. And that's probably just out of sheer mean. That's what I thought, too. Because, you know, we yeah we are mean. And only 19%. Love with Family Guy. I will say this right now. I I believe it is Family Guy right now is on a level with Carlos Mencia and Dane Cook, where it is it is incredibly, you know, trendy to hate on Family Guy for being stupid and and awful and all of these things. And honestly, this season has been one of the stronger seasons they've put out in a couple three years. But you know, life sucks. Get a helmet, I guess. <laughs>
1: All right, listeners, you can cast your vote over at the Majorspoilers.com uh, website, or if you're in the show notes, you can click a link that'll take you over there, or if you're looking at the show notes on the website, um, even if you're listening to this in the far flung future, um, you can still go in there and vote.
0: Oh, no!
1: You mean in a galaxy far, far away? Yeah, but that would have been a long time ago, but but no. We're talking about a far, far flung, far flung future. Flung! Flung! Well- We'll Uh, have some flung after dinner. Blah, blah. We're going to take a recording Uh, break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the best and worst of 2010, and as we go into the break, some of our fine listeners phoned in and shared their thoughts (gasps) on the year 2010.
5: Yay! Hey, I'd like to talk about the, uh, this is Larry King. I'd like to talk about the uh, best of 2010 and also the worst of 2010. Uh, Best, uh, Jonathan Edmonds' Shield. Most people don't like Rick Cons, but I do. You know, Nathan uh, Nathaniel Richards and Howard Stark, Shield agents, ancient, you know, scientists and, you know, philosophers doing battle with the celestials and Galactus and the Brood and hey, what's that? Instead of nerd, apocalypse in the background battling brood, cool. Uh worse, uh Cry for Justice. Number seven with Death and Harper. I mean that's just low. That's just ah. Uh, that's one more day. That would make it one more day even. Look better in comparison. But, um, uh, best indie comics, self-published, uh, MOA, Minor Acts of Heroism. Just so when, you know, you do your, you know, put your mind to it, you accomplish anything. And also best, uh, best movie. I wouldn't say Inception, but I'm gonna go with, uh, The Town. Uh, great movie. I love my Michael drama. so I'm gonna go with Town, best movie of the year. Most people I haven't seen it, but I, and that, all the movies I saw, that's the best. And uh, best comic book site, Major Spoilers. Keep going, guys. It's living to be a great year for you. Hey, bye. Hi, Major Spoilers. Uh, this is David Gallagher, author of High Moon and Box 13. I just wanted to leave my comments on what I thought the best comics of 2010 were. Um, I think Christopher Gage did an excellent job on Avengers Academy. Uh, Paul Cornell's work on Night and Squire was phenomenal. Um And, uh, you know, I think that uh, those are the things that really stuck out in my mind. as the best comics of the year. Um, I hope you guys have a great and uh, very happy and splendid New Year. Take care.
2: Hey, Major Spoilers crew. Kyle Pulitz here from Southern California with a question and a request. Request first. Um, I'd like to hear more of um, Stephen doing the Batman episode. Caught that and loved it, so let's have some of that in 2009. Maybe even, I don't know if hates big uh, crossover events, but a fake Rego crossover might be in there somewhere. Uh, my question for the show is, uh, a while back there was this run on Detective with, uh, I think, Batwoman. And it was beautiful, and there was this, you know, the I don't know. I loved it, and I caught one issue in the middle of it and said, I want to go back and read this in trade. A couple of months have passed, and it occurred to me I never did that yet. And I don't know where to really go and say, how did each book map over to a trade? Is there a good resource to know of you know what, what trades are available and which issues they originally came from. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.
6: Whenever I think of best of lists for the year, music invariably pops into my mind. Other than Matthew's obvious preoccupation with Oasis, you don't touch on the subject very often. But I wanted to share the following with you as my vote for pop culture release of the year in music as it does loosely relate to a comic you sometimes talk about and one of the best television shows ever created. I am ever grateful to Beck for putting tone to Scott Pilgrim's Ramona in a way that allows me to duplicate it on my ukulele, but you talked about that on the podcast. What I want to talk about is the Riverdale's 2010 release, Tarantula, which expands on the same territory their 2009 release, Invasion USA, began, That being Mystery Science Theater 3000 Film Selections. Short, sharp, amusing songs in the tradition of New York City are a punk blast along from start to finish. If you don't like one, don't fret. Song is likely over by the time you can reach for the fast-forward button. Bottom line, the Riverdales are better than the Archies. This is Krista, listener from New York, signing off and wishing you a very happy new year.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for contributing to our uh, best and worst of 2010 episode. If you would like to uh, call in and contribute, all you need to do is call that Major Spoilers hotline. That number, Matthew, is?
0: Pancakes! Oh, wait. (laughs) Wrong answer. 785-727-1939. The Major Spoilers. I'm your
1: hotline. Or it could be the Hoth line. The um, Hoth line. We're not doing a Star Wars. Uh We see what you did there. Uh, We're taking the best and worst of two thousand. I
0: hardly know her.
1: These span all of pop culture and in our personal lives and other things, so um, we're just going to pick our top five things. And um, why don't we start, what do we want to start with, the worst or the best, or do we want to...
0: Yeah, let's start with the worst and get the negativity out of the way.
1: Okay. Uh, I will start with uh, my number five on the list. Uh, Brightest Day. It's a series that yeah. it just seems like continuing ongoing. Um, series, you know, these big event things 52 worked great, countdown kind of faltered, final crisis killed, and then you come back, and, and Blackest Night was excruciating. And then we have Brightest Day, which isn't even finished, and it's bi weekly. Couple that with Generation Lost, and it's very hard to to make it through what's going on in that series. So, Brightest Day was my number yep. five. Matthew, what about you?
0: Same here. Brightest same day here, day. actually. Although i I actually added into it Marvel's Heroic Age because they were really the same thing. Mm-hmm. They were both supposed to be a line wide change in the way we look at things, or at least you know when you have a banner, you expect it to have tonal similarities, but. When Heroic Age includes both Deadpool and then the, you know, the dreariness that was the first few issues of Avengers. And when Brightest Day, you know, simultaneously takes into account Booster Gold's wacky adventures and something going on with the Justice League. Neither of them were coherent. Neither of them were really line-wide events. Really all they were were an attempt to cash in on that banner, that thing that we had, The Initiative, or Blackest Night, you know, for the last three or four years. There's, yeah, there's some overarching thing. It's not an event, because they don't do event comics anymore. No, they will. But if you're going to put a title on something, if you're going to put a title on something and claim that this is, you know, a thing, make it a thing. And if it's not a thing, take your frickin' title and shove it up, never mind.
1: Rodrigo, what about you for worst? Pick one of your worst items for 2005.
3: Um, for me it's probably Girl Comics from Marvel. Okay. Um, just because out oh. of all of its attempts to get girls into comics, it's by far the weakest and like just like the most <laughs> obvious one, <laughs> calling it Girl Comics and the the stuff that I read from it are just like Little known superheroines basically like right. squabbling with each other and just doing like dumb girly things. Where they do a lot of tee boys. Yeah, like fighting about boys and just like talking about boys, and I'm like, do they have to talk about boys? Can't they just be kick ass superhero girls? You know, I I don't know. It just like mm. it 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 was all kind of it's it's like it, it, I, and I mean, and I know it's kind of a, a big accusation to say this, but it's kind of that brown bomber mentality. Yeah. It's like, how yeah, do we... It's
0: gender-based Jim yeah. Crow. It's Exactly. Equal.
3: How do we market this to girls? Hey, Duder Mac Duterson, write a comic for girls. What do girls like? Well, they like to talk about boys, and they like to wear funny outfits, and they like to smell good. So that's what this comic is going to be about. <laughs> you know, it, it was just weak. And that's the All thing. Right. It's like... it unlike other stuff where I, that I've read this year. I mean, like, oh, oh, man, this is crap. This was just like, ugh. Ugh, oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. No, that's too bad.
1: Uh, number four on my worst list for um, 2010, Blackest Night. I mean, that's something that we actually saw play out in 2010. Brightest mm-hmm. Day is you know, still playing out in, in 2011, but, my God, it's bad enough that they're ripping off the the zombie idea, but to just, I don't know, just dig up some of the stories that they did and try to force and ham fist some dead characters into existence and mm-hmm. then to resurrect dead characters out of the series uh, and bring them back to life in the series. Uh, you know, lump that in with all of the different lanterns that were doing their thing. And I just saw Blackest Night as a really muddy mess uh, for mm-hmm. 2010. There were moments where it was interesting, but for the most part,
0: blah. Matthew. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. It's not my choice, but I would say the problem with Blackest Night is if death is meaningful, why do we have 17 dozen dead characters and all of right. a sudden, oh, well, these 12 are back and they're the last ones? No, it doesn't work that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But death was part of my number four. Okay. Didn't have anything to do with the characters. This was a bad year for. Beloved creator deaths for me, because mm. this year we lost Dick Giordano. We lost Howie Post, who most people haven't heard of. Howie Post created Anthro. Mm-hmm. Howie Post also mm. did a uh, regular uh, comic strip, whose name escapes me. We lost Al Williamson, who I remember mostly for the Star Wars uh, comic strip. Frank Frazetta. We lost Harvey Picar. This was a terrible year for me in terms of creators that I liked passing away and you know just it seemed like every month or two it's like oh man not him too you know yeah
4: yeah
1: yeah there were a lot of people that that passed away good and bad people that sucked yeah rodrigo what about you you got something
3: yes um so and and it's funny because this got rekindled recently i i went back home for the holidays right um and my parents were talking about this show that they had watched mm-hmm. and that they hated, that they thought was so stupid mm-hmm. and had all this stuff that they had seen before. The want list? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. um, It was No Ordinary Family. Oh, really? And, you know, oh, my oh, parents were cool. saying, like, we've seen this stuff before. Yeah, you know, yeah. my dad probably stopped reading comics, you know, back when they when you could buy... However many for a single dollar, mm-hmm. especially if you were buying them in Mexico because, you know, because of the dollar differences with the pesos. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's, you know, it was just such a bad show, like a good idea. Did you watch any of it? I did. I watched Ugh. the pilot um, and decided not to watch any more of it afterwards. Um, you know, Michael chickles's character is a wimp. The mom comes across as... Kind of weirdly bipolar, which, yeah, which Mm -hmm. I don't think they meant to do. Um, Of course, like the powers are obvious. You know, she's super fast, he's super strong. Um, the kid's, the super, kid's super, smart. super smart, and the girl can... What can she do? Invisible. Turn invisible, right. Yeah. She's so, a telepath. Oh, it's oh a telepath, right, she's okay. a telepath. That's that's what it was. I kept getting this confused with Fantastic Four. the Incredibles. Incredibles. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Which which is another thing uh, that is like, this is too familiar. It's too close to the Incredibles, which is, sorry, Mela, too close to the Fantastic Four. Well, it's all owned by Marvel. And
0: having yeah. the Thing play the strong guy didn't help that comparison at all. C- right.
3: Certainly not. So... And the other thing is, like, just as I was watching this, I was like, this is going to be really contrived. Because having characters who are super-duper physically superior and characters whose only power is just being pretty smart... Mm-hmm. Like, you are going to have... Like, the story is going to have to get twisted around to make allowances for what is going to happen. Right. Um, I don't know. It was just, like... Throughout it, I was just like, well... I am don't feel like getting up and turning this off so I'm just gonna keep watching it but in general it was just <laughs> it's all like I wish that people would get it through their head that that writers out there just because we haven't seen this on TV doesn't mean we haven't seen this it's not like people who watch TV don't watch and or don't partake of any other medium right you know and it's all stuff that we had seen before yeah that's too bad and I didn't watch any of that. I mean, there's a lot of
1: 2010 television that I just skipped. Yeah. For one reason, because some of it I looked at like The Incredibles or whatever this family show was, uh, and I just said, nope, I know where this is going. Yep. Um, skipped out on V. Skipped out on Flash Forward. Skipped out on a bunch. Skipped out on the I think the final season of Lost came out this year. Yeah. And it was just like I yeah, don't care to. It. Don't yeah. care for any of it. Uh, that and my son pretty much rules the TV when it comes to Phineas and Ferb and uh, yeah. Caillou and all that other bullshit that he watches. So <laughs> uh, I made the mistake of saying, just how bad can Jonah Hex get? Oh, thank goodness I didn't buy this on a disc, but I could rent it via iTunes because it made hitting that delete button oh so satisfying. I'll just leave it at that. Terrible, 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 terrible. Mm. Obviously, the worst. I, if this one doesn't win a, a bazillion Razzie awards, I will be surprised. I think one of the people in the, uh, on the <sighs> website, one of, our, one of our readers, commented that he watched Jonah Hex and it actually made him want to watch Catwoman. Wow.
3: Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: And yeah, I kind of felt that, felt that way too. So Jonah Hex is my number three in the worst. Matthew, what do you have on in your number three?
0: The worst for me uh is kind of aimed at Marvel, but not intentionally, because the examples that came to mind were all Marvel books. I kept being baited into buying something new that was promised to be an ongoing mm-hmm. that suddenly wasn't. Mm. Sword, uh Dr. Voodoo, Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Oh, is that one guy? I'm canceled? sure there was stuff from yeah, that ended with issue six. Young Allies ended with issue six. A lot of books that, uh, you know, I, I went into Sword thinking, Hey, this could be interesting because it's got Lockheed the Dragon. It's got the beast. It's got stuff that I'm interested in from, you know, astonishing X-Men. But, you know, Marvel pulled the plug on it before that first arc was up. And, you know, it, it's, it's annoying to me that we're going to put out this first arc and, oh, we're done. Yeah. You know, back in the day, books got canceled. But if you're going to do a limited series, do a limited series, pitch a limited series, don't sell me on an ongoing and then six months later, oh, it's gone. So that was my big thing. That happened from, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies. This actually happened from more than just Marvel, but the big examples and the big offender this year was Marvel for me.
1: Okay. Rodrigo? What do you got on your number three?
3: Um, I was really, really upset when I started seeing cards from magic twenty eleven mm-hmm. um, Magic's uh core sets come out a year ahead, so twenty ten came out in two thousand and nine right so on and so forth um so magic twenty uh, magic twenty ten was a big deal. They were saying we're going to the core sets are going to be what we want the average guy off the street to know about Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. So no crazy bug monsters. It's going to be wizards. It's going to be dragons. It's going to be clerics. It's going to be cool spells, things that are resonant with uh, folklore and fantasy and all this stuff. Right.
1: So no floating mushrooms that sprinkle... Sleepy stuff down
3: on you exactly. Unless, unless they felt that that was a, a big enough fantasy trope to okay. to include, All know, right? Um,
0: no, no phallids. Yes,
3: right. Exactly. No thalids. I love the 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 theater is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, and this is what core sets are going to be like from here on out. This is what we're gonna do with this. Yeah. In rolls Magic 2011, and the worst part about it is that the The big thing that they did in 2010 was here are cards that are weird, right. so we're going to basically make a new card that is not weird instead of literally, instead of something being a zombie insect, right we're going to make it a vampire. The insect. zombie insect eats other creatures and gets bigger. Mm-hmm. So the vampire, same card, basically just with a different name and art, eats other creatures and gets bigger. Mm. That was its thing, and yeah. that was exactly the thing they used in this. In Magic twenty eleven, there's a zombie bug. Actually, it's a shade insect. Um, and and what is a shade insect, Stephen?
1: It's it's dark and it's, it gives you shade.
3: Yeah. See, exactly. It's like if there's a vampire, you know more or less what it does. And I don't know. I felt weird because I was one of the people who was behind this i was like okay yeah they're they're redoing they're putting a lot of work into this because they want the game to be more accessible to new players right. and i can that is something that i can get behind right. as somebody who had to claw his way in from the middle mm-hmm. you know i'm 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 good for that and then it seems that the next set that came out just Kick that out the window. So I was really annoyed with Magic 2011. And to this day, pretty much all the stuff that I have from 2011 is stuff that other people have given me. Mm-hmm. Just because they're like, what is Rodrigo like? I know, Magic cards. <laughs> I know I gave him all my Magic cards. And I yeah. do. I'm not complaining about the gifts.
1: <laughs> Number two for me is something rather personal. Uh, back in May, things were going great. And then all of a sudden, one day, I launched the site, and the site's not responding. Click 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 phone call phone call, <laughs> phone call phone call click 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 phone call phone call phone call. Oh, uh, Mister Slicker, we uh we ran the diagnostic on the uptake metafire Modify Kadiker, and um your hard drive is crashed. Oh, really? So that's why the site's not not working. That's right, sir. Oh, okay. Well, just um, didn't you run a backup last night? Let's just restore it from the backup. Well, you see, sir, we were putting the backup on that hard drive. So what are you saying? <laughs> well, John. sir, I hope you had some stuff backed up on your end because all the stuff is gone.
3: And that, that explanation was just glorious, wasn't it? Oh, we put I was this your is, backup in the same
1: machine. Yeah, we, we were putting your backup in this directory on that same machine, and I was like, I was. This is the bad thing is it was such a busy week for me because that particular day we were setting up for graduation for the broadcast, and here I am in this big gymnasium. I've got other people around me and we're trying to set up and there's a little diagnostic running on some video equipment in front of me and I'm on the speakerphone with somebody and there's people walking around and they told me that, oh, well, we were putting that up on the same hard drive and literally out loud, really loud. I'm like, you have got to be fucking shitting me and everybody, I mean, people within a 30 foot radius. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are some high profile administers, administrators all turn and look at me like what is going on and you know on the plus side we lost what like 2 months of some content i think
3: that's mm-hmm. the plus side well uh, as far as the daily yeah it six could to
1: have seven been weeks. everything it could have been everything it could have been and there's still a lot of uh, images that are still missing mm-hmm. because quite frankly we're i'm more focused on let's move forward right and so a lot of the you know the back issue stuff is still empty Uh, But we lost in that six weeks, we probably lost at that point in the year, our best work that we were generating. Mm. And some of us had it backed up, you know, like uh, Bruce Otter still had all of his major spoilers adventures and we were trying to backfill um, some of the comics, casting couch stuff got lost. Some of the great interviews we had got lost. Some of our, a lot of our reviews from those six weeks were lost and that was just devastating. And I think going into the second half of this year, I think that cloud still hangs over hang yeah. still hangs over us all throughout the rest of 2010. Um, and so now 2011 is here and it's going to be bright and shiny and rainbows yes. and lollipops.
2: After yes, that very dark shade. night it will be a people. And
1: a that's day. why I finally said okay. I want a dedicated server. I want this. I want a backup backed up. I don't want any more BS from you people. I'm tired of this. Every time there's a problem you tell me I got to pay more money. How much do I have to pay to remove all problems? And that's why we're so pleased that so many of you make donations to Major Spoilers yes. and buy t-shirts. buy t-shirts, buy other merchandise, and, and help us out whenever you can. Because yep. it was a big, it was a big pill to swallow to say. And I think I was on conversation with one of you two to say, "This is how much is going to cost me. Is it worth my time, effort, and energy to to resurrect this thing after this devastating loss?" Yeah. And I I believe you had that discussion with both of us. I was ready to just say that is it. Yeah. So, but I got a positive outlook. I'm gonna be nice in 2010.
6: <laughs> and here's uh, that nice
1: seven-second pause from Matthew. So that was my one of my my number two worst moment. Mm-hmm. It really should have been number one, but it was my yeah. number two worst moment for 2010. Uh
0: it shouldn't have been number one because it wasn't that big a deal. It in in the in the greater scheme of things. Well, I think as we lost we push some good five writers. years, ten years from now, you know, Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, this is, this was going into our big, and it was right at the end of our fourth year, starting into our fifth year. And it's just like, ugh, dealing with that. Right at the time I was dealing with it with, like I said, 10 other real world job things going on, Mm. it was a terrible time. So that's my number two. Matthew, what do you have?
0: I was lucky I had all of my images. But uh, on actually a similar note, there were a lot of things this year that I felt were kind of neat and good ideas and hey i might be interested in reading that and then they went back to the well and back to the well and back to the well notably blackest night tie-ins but seven monthly deadpool books and now four monthly green lantern books and five avengers titles and 37 and a half wolverine books and it wasn't even just you know titles or characters marvel was like we're not going to do big events Okay, They didn't do big events, but you know what they did last year? They did Nation X and Necrocha and Realm of Kings and Siege and Fall of the Hulks and the Doom War and the Second Coming and the Gauntlet and the Grim Hunt and the Heroic Age and the Thanos Imperative and World War Hulks and Curse the Fucking Mutants and Shadowland and the Chaos War, but we don't do big overarching events. DC did an overarching event. It, It was the blackest slash brightest night day, and it took over every single aspect of comics for the better part of four months. And while parts of it I love, and there are still issues, you know, individual issues of the blackest night core title that are fascinating and fabulous. But there just comes a point where, you know, even, you know, pizza gets tiresome. Yeah. Even, you know, no matter how beautiful a woman is, somewhere in the world, there's a man who's tired of taking her crap.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And I think I got, I got to be that boyfriend this year. You know, Scarlett Johansson is fascinating and wonderful, but can we find a new topic of conversation? And that, you know, that was a big problem for me. My biggest thing was you can't go back to the well as often as they have been. And it really made 2010 a year that felt like it went forever.
1: Yeah it did and, and man it just seemed to 2010
3: was rough yeah, it, it was really a rough was. year
1: and it's not just me i mean people who followed me on twitter knew what i knew my thoughts on 2010 very mm-hmm. clearly um and but i was surprised at the number of other people that just said yeah f you to 2010 as well so mm.
3: rodrigo number 2 for you um for me it's got to be and and this is all just kind of like the episodes that i've seen um this year the whole is it seth mcfarlane is mm-hmm. it seth yes um over you know family guy uh the cleveland show american dad um like Ah, oh, i'm just so tired of it right you know and you know it's like hey man if you don't like it you don't have to watch it but i'm like you know it's around and it's available so you know I'll put it on. It's always on. It is always on. Some some Seth MacFarlane show is on somewhere. And I just and first off it's all the same show. Yes. It really is. Yes. There are minor tonal variations but I think American Dad has sort of done a good job to, at at not being exactly family guy mm-hmm. but the Cleveland show certainly hasn't. Oh yeah. yeah. It is and Cleveland is not slowly, because I think there's only been two seasons, um, is very... Like, Cleveland, the character himself, is very quickly becoming Peter Griffin. Like, Ah. he acts the same way. He is, you know, has the same, like, oh, I'm a ridiculous man kind of overdone thing. Like, oh, I like guy stuff, girl stuff is stupid. I am kind of weirdly condescending to my kids you know, it's the same character. Right. You know, his his friends, like his drunken friends fill the same role that even Clevel- Cleveland himself filled back in the other show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, it's the same stuff and I'm just so done with it. Yeah. But it won't go away. For, you know, for the longest time. And there's time. more of it
1: coming. For the longest time, I, I st- would have Simpsons as a show that we would watch even though mm-hmm. I it's it hasn't been funny since Conan left the uh, the writing staff of The Simpsons. But I would still watch it. 2010 was the year I was just like, don't even care to come back. See, please, TiVo, do not download any more of the Sunday Night Animation block at all.
3: Yeah, see, that's funny because this year I actually kind of did get back into the Simpsons just because they were available on Hulu. And, eh, I mean, yeah. they still have oh, the I, same I problem that, of sure. not not following through on a storyline. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they, you know, they have always have two ongoing storylines, and one of them is just completely ignored. Yeah. Halfway through, but yeah, whatever. All right. Now to our number ones, our number one worst things
1: of the year. And I can sum mine up in one word Batman. Mm. Everything about Batman in 2010 has just been an uber disappointment. From Battle mm. of the Cowl to Batman Inc. to The Return of Bruce Wayne to Let's Trip Through Time. Whatever is going on in Batman. You know, Matthew could tell me. He, he he could tell you back when we were in college that Batman was like the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Batman,
0: Batman, 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 Batman. Oh, all Stephen reads Batman.
1: I like Batman. I was a Batman.
0: <laughs> Did you see this book? It has four covers and they're all the same. But I bought all four of it because I wanted to have all four. Because one's green and one's exactly. blue and one's pink. Exactly. But it's the same book. No, I, they're all different because one's green and one's blue. Okay, shut the fuck up, Stephen.
1: <laughs> and I this year I have almost all but abandoned reading Batman. You still see some reviews up there, Batman, <gasps> occasionally, but it's just like the Flash. I have stopped reading the Flash completely. The minute Barry Allen came back, Flash a goodbye, goodbye pile. Batman has been the same way. The minute that they started in with the uh, the death and resurrection of Batman, that was it. The whatever happened to the man the man of tomorrow, Batman version that was a good story and that's Cape about Crusader yeah whatever happened to the Cape Crusader that was about it I mean that was fine let's leave it at that and move on no can't do that Batman is everything that was wrong in comics in 2010
4: mm.
1: because it incorporated everything that Matthew complained about about big story arcs about crossover events it had the best it had the best of the worst of all cliches that you find in comic books especially right. this death is no longer permanent it had some of the what I thought some of the dumbest storylines in all of the Bat titles, okay? Even Red Robin, which I was really getting getting into. And then they pull this Yum. whole... Yes, then they pull this whole, oh, here's Lucius Fox's daughter. Oh, apparently we're engaged, so let's play that up. Ha, ha, ha. Dumb. Hmm. It's just all dumb. I like independent comics now. I'm reading more smaller publishers. I hope small publishers don't go away in 2011. Oh, no. I was just conversing in an email with someone from IDW Publishing. I hope they go strong in 2011. I, I really hope that 2011 is a year that all publishers realize that we got to stop jerking our fan base around. Because mm-hmm. you can only jerk for so long before everyone's spent.
3: Uh, well, here's the thing, though. A lot of publishers realize this. It's yes. just they haven't gotten their foot through the door. There's going to be a rude awakening for Marvel and DC. Yes, and maybe image because things are going to flip over and they're going to find themselves on the bottom of of, of a frozen lake of (laughs) non-readership and they're going to be pounding at it and be like, how did we get down here? and it's because and then they'll build Mexico City over the whole thing exactly, and the reason for that is that their comics they jerk their readership so hard that they melted down this analogy yes Matthew, worst. Number one worst. Related to yours.
0: Okay. And it it comes down to this. Damian Wayne? Aren't they right? No. When the executive editor of DC Comics used to read comics in the Silver Age, he loved Barry Allen and he loved Captain Boomerang and he loved the Rogues Gallery. So they're all back from the dead. And when the major force at Marvel Comics was reading books, he loved Luke Cage, and he loved uh, Ms. Marvel, and he loved all the characters of the 70s, so they're all back. Nostalgia is everything. Death is meaningless. Character arcs are meaningless. Whether a character needs to come back, it's all meaningless. Because somebody wants to write a story with Barry Allen, or somebody wants to see if we can sell a Ms. Marvel series, or somebody thinks that we should bring back the Defenders, but we should call them the New Avengers because the Avengers thing sells better we have officially started disappearing up our own butts in terms of comic fandom and there's going to have to come a point where we stop rehashing that what's gone before and do a new story killing Barry Allen was probably not a new idea but it did something it made Barry Allen something that he never was and now that's undone and you can't unring that bell you can't kill him again even if you do, it's not going to be – it'll never have the well, same thing.
1: And that's why I said I, I enjoy reading a lot of the smaller publisher stuff. I mean, Image is – you know, Image and Dark Horse, I think, vied for number three this year, really, mm. with IDW even. Right. But, you know, f- Discovering Chew and Reading Chew, yeah. um, Atomic Robo, um, you know, mouseguard Mouse Guard, all these, you know, little – and not little publishers, but smaller publishers. But kind of create Boom our Studios, own project kind of Boom things. Studios stuff. You know, that's all more interesting to me than what's going on in Marvel or DC. And don't get me wrong, I still love Marvel mm-hmm. and I still love DC, but it's just like, whatever.
0: But it's, yeah, you know, and this comes back to the discussions in the forums where people are like, the only real Justice League are X characters. Well, no. Right. That's your real Justice League. If I went back to Justice League of my youth, I'd be resurrecting Vibe and Steel, except I know that I'll never catch that lightning in that bottle again. Nostalgia is just you – know, it's, it's a cycle. It's masturbation. And we are in a point where literally the majority of comics coming out right now are things we've seen before, and people buy them because we've seen them before, and that's their selling point. Mm-hmm. And we can't, you know, we can't keep going through this cycle of, I remember this when X happened. Well, let's do that story again. No, you can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rodrigo, what about the worst for you? Wrapping up our worst section of the show. This is going to be a longer show this week, ladies and gentlemen. But Rodrigo's back and we have to goof around a little bit more.
3: Yes. More goofing in 2011. Less content. More jokes. No. Um, Hey, hey, for some of us, the jokes are the content. Batman butt. <laughs> <laughs> you get me every time. <laughs> no, um, my, the number one worst thing for me this year was actually Clash of the Titans.
1: Ah, the movie Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.
3: Just because I'm such a huge fan of the original Clash of the Titans. And I knew, I was like, oh, God, I want this to be good. Like, more so than Scott Pilgrim, more so than Iron Man 2. I really wanted Clash of the Titans to be actually good. To actually be a cool reimagining of, and I'm just going to stop now because it makes me so angry. (laughs) And my mom told me, she's like, oh, no, they have that stupid looking kraken. I like the old kraken. (laughs) And I'm like, mom, this kraken can be cool. And she's like, no. It is a stupid kraken. <laughs>
1: That's what she said. Yeah,
3: <laughs> your mom is cool. I, I
1: know. We gotta get her on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get her.
3: Rodrigo's on the show. mom should be a recurring character. <laughs> she should be. Oh no! I'll I'll get it next time I go back home. Just for that impression, I'm just. <laughs> next time I'm back home, I will not eat. <laughs> Um <laughs> no, please Mrs. No, Lopez
1: feed your child.
3: Yeah. But she was right. I mean and and I didn't want to see it and it was just so terrible and, and and it was just so bad. Like it wasn't just like Oh, they took Clash of the Titans and they turned it into a well, space what? opera and it shouldn't have been. Like it's like the the whole theme of like Gods have always ruled, and now humans are rising up. But they still get help from the gods, and then they just defeat the bad guy. But the gods are still in charge. Mm. Like they didn't even follow through on their own on the premise.
1: Yeah, on the full story. Yeah.
3: But also, the, you know, they had Hades, and he only s- stuck like this the whole time, and it was <laughs> really annoying and hard to understand him. <laughs> and the the Kraken was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bad. It was it was just bad, and I'm sad that I spent money on it. But I owed it to Harry to uh, Harryhausen to to go see the next movie, and you know, he luckily, Harry his Hamlin? is still his his <laughs> yeah, was owed still it to very Harry Hamlin.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you this: Is this a movie that's so bad that in 30
3: years people are going to say this is so bad? It's it's awesome, kind of like Evil Dead. <laughs> see, it's so the problem with it is that it's so full of cliches. Mm-hmm. Um and it's so difficult to follow. Like there is craft to Evil Dead. Right. You know, there is there there's craft to plan nine. Right. Um, there's craft there there's even something going for Jim Kata, you know? But Clash of the Titans is bland, is just every movie cliche thrown in there and and wrapped up in like th- And also with, like, a genuine kind of, like, thumbing of the nose to the old Clash of the Titans. Oh, really, really, Because they're going through and getting weaponry, because they're going to go out and do something. I don't even remember. The the plot sucked. And they actually pull out Bubo, you know, the 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 little metal owl. And they actually look at him, and then just, they're like, blah, and, like, toss him aside. And I'm like, what?! How dare you? There is more acting talent in one cog of that bird than in the entire cast of this movie. Well, without with the exception of uh Qui Gon Jin. Who who played a terrible character? Who and like Zeus turns into a bird, right, to fly around. So what does he turn to? An eagle. But what kind of eagle? A bald eagle, the which eagle. there aren't any in Greece. Bum, bu-bum, 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 bu-bum. Exactly, American it's like audiences are gonna love this. American it's bald eagle, like they weren't even paying attention because it's not like it's a, we- it's even a weird statement if you analyzed it, which they didn't. Also, the star filter on, Yes, uh, all, the uh, gods, yes. Yeah, on all the gods, yeah, and all the gods was just like migraine inducing. In every category, that movie was terrible. <laughs> okay, Rodrigo, take all a right, deep All right, all right. Take I'm a done. deep
1: breath. I'm done. We've gone through our worst. Now it's time to it celebrate of some of the best of 2010. This is going to be a long John IG says, and, Day Tripper was and, and, great. Atomic yeah. Robo has always been great. Ork Stain has been crazy and entertaining. King City kind of took an odd ending last year, but I love it anyways. Cowboy Ninja Viking has been interesting. I like the original Casanova colors, but the extra backstory and the re-release have been very cool. Uh so that's what he says has been great. Rico says sadly only a handful of comic books have remained great, Secret 6, Atomic Robo, Invincible, everything else feels like it's gone down in quality. Um Birds of Prey, Green Hornet are great. Uh Scott Pilgrim the movie, critical hit, Celestial Crusade. I still listen to episode 72, 72's intro. Uh so the moon falls from the sky and a rabbi says, "Wait." okay um, let's see Graham says season 3 of Critical Hit has been great in 2010 Mela says honestly all of my best picks for the year came from you guys Avengers Academy got me reading Marvel again I picked up Irredeemable Atomic Robo Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck because of your guys' reviews I even went out and picked up Bean World last night the only other books I really genuinely enjoyed were Doom Patrol licensed books like Darkwing Duck and Fraggle Rock Uh, that are paying respect to the original source material while still good in their own right. Marvel and DC just seem to be an endless string of crossovers I really didn't care about anymore. So thanks for recommending so many great alternatives. So, you know, I was really surprised that more people didn't jump up and down and start saying, here's what sucked in 2010, here's what sucked in 2010. A lot of people were saying, here's what's great about 2010. So here are our top five best things of 2010 and actually I had like 16 of them going into the show so uh-huh. the guys made me whittle them down but yeah, I will say number 6 really quickly critical hit I did enjoy
3: the heck out of critical hit this it's, year it's been fun number 5 and critical hit in 2011 is going to be off the hizzy oh
1: yeah wait till this uh, upcoming weekend and see All what right. we got I don't even know
3: you. what a hizzy is and I know exactly it's, off. it's off of it That's you need to order me pizza
0: number 5 for me because I have to take off work number 5
1: for me Cartoon Network's Friday night cartoon pack, Mm. Batman Brave and the Bold, Symbionic Titan, Generator Rex, (laughs) Uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars. That is, a you know, sit down in front of TV time shouldn't just be sit down in front of TV time and just veg out or everybody goes and do their thing. To me, TV time has always been we need to sit down as a family. It's almost like dinner time where you sit Mm -hmm. down as a family. TV should be a time where the whole family can sit down and enjoy something. And that Cartoon Network block of shows on Friday night that goes from 6 until 8 o'clock was a great time for me and my son and my wife to just sit down and enjoy something together, something that I could get a kick out of, something that my son would certainly get a kick out of as many times as we've watched Batman, The Brave and the Bold. And my wife could sit there and go, huh, that's interesting – you guys are watching too much TV. <laughs> but, you know, at least she would be interested in what's going on, asking questions about comic book characters or asking questions about Star Wars and enjoying some stories over others and getting into Symbionic Titan. Mm-hmm. That, that block, it's unfortunate that it's going to change in the next year because the Batman Brave and the Bold is going into its last season.
3: Because
1: mm-hmm. that is a fantastic block of family fun television. So that's my number five.
0: Matthew. Number 5, number 5, number 5, number 5. Number 5 for me is a very selfish one. Go ahead. Selfish is fine. A lot of my books, a lot of my books changed to a 399 price point in 2010, sure. and a lot of those books are switching back. So a slight even a slightly lower price point is a good thing for me going forward. You know, even if it's something that's mostly ceremonial as it seems to be, and there are still going to be 399 books. And, you know, there's going to be me bumping into my mic unexpectedly with my elbow. <laughs> but I think that having even just, and, and even if they're just saying, yep, the rent is too damn high. Uh-huh. It's good to see the companies admitting this because you know the only thing we've heard in the past couple of years, and Joe Quesada came out and said it, we're just testing what the market will bear. We'll charge whatever the heck you people will pay.
1: Well and they're well, not coming forward with the number of books that they're lowering to two ninety nine in two thousand eleven. Hmm. As far as we know, there's only they don't a have of Marvel t- titles. So they're Marvel. They'll do whatever yeah. they do. Good. Two ninety nine. Love it. Love it. Rodrigo, number five.
3: Number five. Um, I did spend some time bashing um Magic twenty eleven, but there was another good thing that came out of Magic in two thousand and ten, which was um, Harry Potter. N- I meant Magic the Gathering. Oh, oh Magic the Gathering. Okay. No, Deathly Hollows kind of sucked. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, Rise of the Eldrazi was a good set. Um, it is all about gigantic creatures mm-hmm. um, and being able to play them and being able to get them out there Um, because there's a lot of emphasis in magic on control, and it's hard to commit to casting a very large creature, um, because it can be... A a gigantic creature is just as easily countered as a tiny creature, and Mm -hmm. you know something very expensive is just as easily countered. So, um, you know, Rise of the Eldrazi did a lot to get big creatures out faster, and big creature decks are something that I really like. Um, A lot of good options, a lot of Cool things, you know, I'm still not crazy about level up, but what are you going to do? Um, in general, it is a very cool set. Good art, excellent excellent art direction, good mechanics. I'm, I was very happy with it. Cool.
1: All right, number four for me, uh, there are a few comic books that came out this year that I would literally get excited about sitting down and reading. Oh, ooh, this one's out. oh, ooh, this one's out. One of those is Lock and Key from mm-hmm. Joe Hill and uh, Gabriel Rodriguez loved it loved every minute of Lock and key that came out this year i believe the series ends this year and i'm going to be very 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 sad when that series mm-hmm. is over on the plus side it may get to television in 2012 so maybe by the time it's ending it will pick up on in tv and i can relive the joy again <laughs> locking key fantastic people go up and pick up the first trade welcome to uh not lovecraft. hill house welcome to lovecraft um uh, I hope you love it. I know some of our listeners have picked it up based on my ramblings and rantings and, and, and everything about it. It is a good series. Matthew, number four.
0: Number four for me is actually related to your number four. Uh, the last couple of years, but 2010 specifically, has brought a proliferation of non-superhero books that I enjoy month in and month out. Uh, Chew is a new one Uh, lock and key i think started in 2010 some of the ones that are still running that i love proof house of mystery fables even the big two are doing non-superhero books and they're doing them really entertainingly and they're doing books that i'm enjoying and it's come to the point where we're actually seeing superhero books being non-superhero books Yay. Secret Avengers, to some degree, is a superhero book that is not a superhero book. So, mm-hmm. I like the fact that we're getting away from everything having to be a guy in a cape who punches out a guy in clown makeup.
3: Yep. Rodrigo, number four. Number four. For me, it's actually specifically Darkwing Duck from Boom, Boom Studios. Yeah. Yep. It's like, I read the first issue to review it here, then didn't read it. I was like, oh, this looks good, but didn't get around to reading it. And then was kind of scrambling to review something for a later uh, show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm just going to review the latest Darkwing Duck, and I'm just going to sit down and read everything from issue two all the way to issue, like, six. Mm -hmm. And it was fantastic. And sitting down and reading the whole thing was really great. Um, This is, I mean, just the idea, like, Darkwing Duck... And, and its fellow Disney afternoon brood were an interesting experiment because they were a little bit smarter cartoons right. for kids. You know, they were a little bit for, for slightly older kids mm-hmm. than a lot of Disney stuff had become at that point. And this is kind of taking that to the next level. It's Darkwing Duck for us, for a slightly more adult audience. It can still be enjoyed by kids, obviously. Right. Um, although you'll have to track down a lot of DVDs if you want to have... if you need a kid to have the backstory for it yeah um but um it was really great the characterization is great all the all the characters that i loved are still there Mm -hmm. um and they're doing new things and they're doing new interesting things and while they go along at it they're poking fun at other disney stuff at superheroes at comic books at superhero movies it's it's just it's positive and it's strong and it's smart Mm mm-hmm And it's still a Disney property. Excellent.
1: Number three for me, the other comic book that gets me jumping up and down whenever it comes out is Atomic Robo. And this year, we didn't just get one series. We got two series. The uh, Revenge of the Vampire Dimension Dimension, or whatever that that, uh, anthology was. Yeah, And uh, then the one that just kicked off in the last couple of months, uh, The Deadly Art of Science. Yes. And...
3: Fantastic titles, as usual. I know, usual. they are.
1: Brian Clevenger, Scott Wegner, they they deserve high praise. And again, if you're not reading this book and you're complaining about comic books, mm-hmm. you need to drop whatever it is that you're reading now. That's making you angry. Yes, and you need to go pick up, pick up the first trade, pick up the second trade, pick up all of the trades of Atomic Robo. And I'm going to bet that you're going to like the heck out of it, maybe even love the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Atomic Robo, two Atomic Robo books come out in 2010. That is something that's really great. Matthew.
0: Hello, my name Hello. is Matthew. This was a little weird for me because you and I have gone round and round, at least in my head, about adaptations of comics and other media. <laughs> so I and, hope you don't throw bad duck think- lines on me. <laughs> Oh, been you think tomorrow. that they're inherently a good thing, a and and you know a, a lot of times when you talk, it seems like you are talking about people who say the comic book movie is dead or whatever, right? The comic book adaptation is clearly not dead, no matter what right. the imaginary people in your head say. Uh, these, the Walking I mean, These are just dead people on the internet. Just, yeah, well, people on the internet are jerks. Don't listen to people on the internet. <laughs> We're people on the internet, and we don't know nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a, a comic true. book is not. It's true. A comic book should not be defined by what it's adapted to, and the adaptation is very seldom as good as the original work. Right. V for Vendetta, that's an okay movie. It was a great comic book. Right. You know, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, great comic book, terrible movie. The adaptation mm-hmm. doesn't validate the source material, but at the very least, it helps to get away from the marginalization of the self, the source material and for yeah. every piece of crap, here's every superhero cliche we know in uh, Modern Family. No order. We get a family. book that, or whatever. Same thing.
3: <laughs> you get Nobody something that. Takes, well, no, but Modern Family is another show which actually is pretty good. I hear. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. <laughs> okay, is it? I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> Never mind. But you you have adaptations like The Walking Dead that take comic book things and it takes the the portions of the comic book. And then when it tries to go into comic book territory and say, here's our big comic book story, it kind of falls on its face. I like the fact that people are starting to realize that adapting a comic book is more than Biff Bam Pow. Right. Mm -hmm. And taking these characters in these situations is becoming something that people really are concerned about. And I'm liking the fact that. The adaptations aren't going away and they're trying to find different ways, you know, even something like Cowboys and Aliens that we all have issues with on some level. It's good to see them taking a pros- uh, you know a prospect a concept like that and you know playing with it the way that it could be, the way it should be done.
4: Mhm.
1: And then Hal Jordan's movie will
0: come out and suck and ruin it also. Yeah.
1: um, Walking Dead on AMC, I finally had a chance this past week to sit down and finish watching. I'd only seen the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. Sat down and watched the final four. And I was very surprised at how that series turned out Mm -hmm. as a good adaptation that didn't follow the source material exactly, because that would be incredibly boring, but went in a direction that was faithful to the source material and by the end kind of brought it back around to... You know, kind of where the comic books were at Mm -hmm. by, you know, issue six or whatever, by the first big arc. And I like that a lot. I like that that adaptation. That was actually in my top ten. It was very good. Rodrigo, number three
3: for you. Number three for me, um the it's probably Doctor Who. Yeah. Um also in my top fifteen or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's on you're on your top twenty-seven. Yeah. Um I think I've I've accepted Matt Smith. Um, okay, I I still think that you know David Tennant is probably always going to be my doctor, mm-hmm. but that's okay. You know he wasn't bad, and I think there was there was a part there was some I don't even remember which one is on, but there's a moment for me after and and it happened for me with David Tennant after Eccleston left, and it happened again with Matt Smith where I was like. The previous doctor would have never said that, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. And uh, there was this thing where they were talking, and somebody says something like, oh, so we're, they're not actually vampires, they're actually alien fish, or something like that. And he's like, quite. <laughs> and then just keeps going. I mean, possibly previous doctors would have said that, yeah, but that's yeah. not a 10th doctor thing to say. Right, right, you right. know? Right. So, that's a second
0: doctor thing. To
3: say. Right, right. So it's like, boom, there he is, that's who he is, I was into it. Um, I think that there's been this necessity to involve the sonic screwdriver so much more. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that it was still just a magic electronics wand. I don't, I don't see the, I don't understand why he points it at people and then takes readings with them, or of them with, like, he could have another gadget that does that. Yeah. Um, but that's a writing thing, and that's a minor pet peeve. All right. Um, I'm, I, I, I still dig Doctor Who, and I'm looking forward to this new season. Did you watch Christmas Special? I did watch the Christmas I hadn't, Special. I had a chance to watch that yet. It was pretty all right. Excellent.
1: Uh, number two for me, Major Spoilers Costume Contest, another Major Spoilers thing. Just had tremendous, tremendous talent contribute stuff this year. And I think next year it's going to be yeah. even bigger. Mm-hmm. And by bigger, I say we gave away an iPod Nano Mm-hmm. this past year 2011 will be bigger nice so start
3: start working on it young now lady you guys
0: who <laughs> the one young lady who misunderstood send us a picture of you out of your costume <laughs> yeah.
1: major spoilers costume contest is so much fun it's so much fun doing that every year even though it's stressful going oh my god is anybody gonna send anything in and then boom A billion people send in some, and and usually
3: pretty close to the deadline, too. So, we're scrambling to be like, and they're all fantastic. So, we're like, how are we going to pick, Yeah, 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 like who the finalists are going to be? Yep.
1: And it took us a while to do all the calculations and tabulations and everything, but uh, came out great, gave away some fun prizes and we'll have something even bigger in 2011. Matthew, number two for you.
0: I think this year the three of us should dress up as Hank and Dean Venture and I'll be Henchman 21. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was more of an esoteric thing for my number two. In 2000, probably six, seven, eight, and nine, it seemed like everything was coming from the same place. And in 2010, we started to see a focus away from Jeff Johns and Brian Bendis. Don't get me wrong, I love Johns, and Bendis is a great dialoguer, and he has some really great stories. But for about four years, every single thing, especially the big things, had some taint of Johns or Bendis. And now we're starting to see, you know, writers like Matt Fraction, whom I love to death, taking the center stage. We're seeing characters who... Wouldn't normally get the thing because you know it's all about John's and shut up, Stephen. What <laughs> Stephen is laughing <laughs> yeah, about that Brian Fenders? He <laughs>
3: is, you know, why you know why he's laughing, right? It's because it's because <laughs> you
4: said taint. I know
3: you're a terrible person,
4: uh, for
0: grow me, up,
3: though. Grow up, you immature with- man child. <laughs>
0: No, move on. With more people involved, with more people involved, it can only mean good things because Mm -hmm. it won't be the same, you know, the same sensibility every single month. It won't be Bendis and Loeb and you know Brad Meltzer and Jeff Johns writing everything. Hopefully, we'll get more of a perspective and we'll get to a point where we're getting away from some of the pitfalls that comics have been in for the last half decade.
1: All right. Rodrigo, number two for you.
2: Taint.
3: Number two for me. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, I thought that Toy Story three was actually really good. Quentin Tarantino named it his number one movie of two thousand ten. It's it kind of is my number one movie of two thousand ten, and that's saying something if it beats Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um. It it what hit does all, Buzz like,
0: Lightyear look like.
3: It hit all the right points with me. Yeah. I mean, I was choked up by the end, and I was mm-hmm. so happy and so sad, and it was just like the like all the all the characters were there, new characters were in there, and it they, they didn't feel forced. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a it was a ridiculously star studded cast. Mm-hmm. You know, there were so many stars in it that afterwards, watching the special. Uh, like the dvd extras or whatever i was like wow timothy dalton was in this yep, yep. good Mr. lord people Mr. pickle pants or whatever yeah name, prickle pants, prickle pants. Yeah. um it's like come on yeah like that's not good. even it like he timothy dalton came down and was like and had like three lines in the movie yep. and they still got timothy dalton to do it yep. you know it's it just insane yep um I, it would have. It probably would have been on my list. The problem was we went and saw it in the
1: theater because I thought my son would be able to sit through it because he'd been sitting through other movies over the summer. Right. And it was a 3D movie, which meant he had to wear glasses. He didn't want to wear those. He got bored. And we left right after they were picked up from the, from the claw, from the fiery pit. And so I didn't know how the movie ended. It was like, I don't know how the movie ended. Can't tell you if it's good or bad. I was very sad at that moment where they're all grabbing their hands yep, and saying, they're all, we're all accepting our fate. We're going to die. And yep. I was like, wow, that is brings tears to your eye but then it's like dad i'm ready to go it's ah, oh, jesus you know and yeah. so i and then when it came out on dvd i was not really inclined to watch the end of it because that was a good ending for me and i'd sit down with him and, and we'd try to watch it because by that point all he wanted to do was watch toy story 3 and i kept falling asleep and missing the ending nice until one day my wife was like you're gonna stay up and you're gonna watch this damn thing and i gotta see the ending and by then it was december and and then I yeah. realized this really was a good movie, but not good enough to make my my top ten. But uh, it was a very very good movie. Oh yeah. There are some sequels. There are some shorts. You need Toy a C-Pap, story shorts man. coming out. You need a nice. No no no. It was I was just bored and tired. So. All right. No, number you need a C-Pap. Ones. number, ones number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. It shouldn't come as any surprise to anybody who listens to me jabber on. My name is Steven, and I have an iPad. And I read comics. I live on the second floor. Uh. iPads and digital comics were the best thing that came out in 2010. Not because it's the downfall of the printed comic book or the (laughs) downfall of the comic book shop that so many people are worried about. But that is an opportunity for people to experience comics who have not experienced comics before. The Archie app is set to approach 2 million downloads. Now, that doesn't mean 2 million people are reading and buying Archie Comics on a regular basis, but 2 million people have downloaded and installed that iPad application. Comixology is in the top 10 applications downloaded for the iPad in 2010. That That's a whole new audience, that is, and many of them... Scott Johnson being one of them, he, I mean, he's always kind of been into comic books, but he and I have been talking lately, and he's like, you know, ever since the iPad came out, I've really gotten back into comic books, and it's mm-hmm. been shelling out a crap ton of money for comic books. That's great. That's yeah. something that can help the industry thrive and survive, and it is, to me, the next natural evolution of comic books is into that portable digital form where I can, right now, they had i I'm going to admit, as much as I said Batman sucked in 2010... They had a sale on New Year's Day, 101 Batman titles for like 99 cents a piece. <laughs> How could like
3: you resist?
1: How could I resist buying a bunch of those Batman titles and carrying around 50 of them in a little device that weighs a couple pounds? Mm-hmm. You know, Fantastic. I love it. And what I really liked, and I know that I go on at length about it, but I was really surprised when Matthew says, you know, I've got this Android phone or whatever that you have, Matthew. I downloaded a digital comic mm-hmm. book and it wasn't bad. So that's why I think the iPad is the best thing to happen in pop culture and comics in 2010. Matthew.
0: My name is Steven and I have an iPad. I
1: think for me. There's a costume contest in 2011.
0: A costume contest on the iPad?
1: Yes, there's a costume contest on the iPad.
0: Moving the buck says somebody could dress up as an iPad. Uh, (laughs) hey, this is not critical hit. You do not have ultimate authority to uh, to, to veto my topics of conversation.
3: <laughs> Sorry, number one, How Matthew. How dare
0: you? Number one, number one, number one. For me, it's a little sappy too. It's it's sappy about people and not about you know soulless machines that are going to sure. destroy all Take the things the world. that you've collected for the last yeah, three years. Yeah, kill us all in our sleep. Um, for me, 2010 was really the year where the major spoilers experience kind of exploded for me. Because we've always had an interaction with the, the readers and the spoilerites, but I think it was about the time of the crash that I realized how important this is to people other than you know just the three of us and the critical hit guys. And sometimes it feels like you're in a vacuum. And this is a year where we've had a lot of really, really generous people calling and donating and talking and being, you know, real supporters of major spoilers. And I appreciate every single person who reads, you know, our, our pathetic scrawlings and the people who tell us how great we are. And even the people who, you know, think that I'm a drain on the role playing of the entire universe and should be summarily executed. And how dare I rip off Boomhauer? You who know says those it, things? Oh, I don't know, imaginary people. (laughs) It's those same bastards who say that comic book adaptations are (laughs) never going to start again because Scott Pilgrim didn't make enough money. But uh, for me, really, I feel like we are starting to get to the point where we're coming into our own and things are going to be amazing and awesome. And we we talk about, you know, what's going to happen in the future. I can see a day. I can see a day. I feel your pain, Steve. I do. But I can see a day when we build a bridge to the 21st century. And since we're already there, we'll have to build a bridge back to the 20th century and again over to the 21st century again where major spoilers could become something truly awesome. And I could give up my job as an ineffectual middle management suck up and write awesome things and be funny for for money.
1: Wow, so, Billy like Carter. That. That's, that's, a great, that's a great thing, Billy Carter. Thank you. Thank you so much for that that thought. and sentiment. Steven,
0: one final thing. <laughs> you know what?
1: Uh, Matthew, Matthew. That's a, that's a good number one, Matthew. That really is a good number one.
3: Rodrigo. For me, and it's kind of weirdly late to the party, but Twitter was really uh, like, I went in, in 2009 from joining Twitter to like quadrabajillioning my my followers, yeah, and I usually follow everyone who follows me, so we kind of follow each other in a circle, which is awesome. Duck, duck, goose. Yep. Um, and the the funny thing is, is that I was like, oh, Stan Lee's on Twitter, oh, Gail Simone's on Twitter, oh, all these awesome people are on Twitter, and I've slowly started filtering out all the celebrities that I started following, Because a lot of the time, they don't have all that interesting stuff to say, or they actually annoy me, or, you know, stuff like that. So, most of the conversations that I have on Twitter nowadays are just with spoilerites. Yeah. You know, they'll say something funny about their kids, and I'll be like, ah, your kids are funny. Um, You know, and then bring that back to something that's about me. (laughs) (laughs) But Twitter has been a really enjoyable experience. And, of course... um, The 2010 uh, Twitter bubble has sealed because now Twitter is no longer allowed where I work. Oh, Um, so um, I won't I won't be able to do any basically any daytime tweets anymore um, unless my schedule is different on a particular day. But I thought
1: you guys were supposed to make like Twitter part of your. Promotional
3: stuff. Well, it and is. Facebook so and all that I'm, stuff. I'm guessing they figured out how to block it on to everybody. Block you? Ba- yeah, basically, block it on everybody's computer except for the head of marketing. Um, and, ah. you know, and ah. that's that. Because ah. Facebook is blocked and YouTube is blocked. And I know that we use all three. PBS, let me tell you something. A good Rodrigo is a
1: happy Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. And long render times where Rodrigo is sitting around doing nothing. It's bad, bad news. Yep, for all of us. Well. So please unblock Rodrigo's
0: Twitter. Yeah, because we can't stand another spree killing. There aren't that many hobos <laughs> in Western Kansas, and you know Russell is very small. If he starts murdering again, I mean, he could wipe out a third of the population in an afternoon. It has been a uh, you know again kind of. Repeating
1: what Matthew had said, it has been a wonderful year working with everybody who's been part of Major Spoilers in some way, shape, or form this past year. And um, I really do look ahead, want to be excited, and look ahead to 2011. Didn't start off great. Some of you who followed my Twitter or see my Facebook posting know how my first real <laughs> day of 2011 started off. Um, <laughs> But it's only that means it's only going to get better, right? All right. Um, speaking of 2011, the weekend show. I know this one went really long. The weekend show. We're going to give us give you our predictions for 2011. What we are looking forward to. What we think will happen in 2011. That's on the weekend show. And then next week, we're going to be talking about Aphrodite X from uh, Top Cow. <laughs> What, it's not, it's not Aphrodite-ix? No.
0: Because, it? No, it's aphrodite Xi. You, you're dyslexic. Oh, uh, dyslexia. Kai,
1: do I got my, my Greek lettering it's all right again? Oh, no, it's Aphrodite-9 yes. uh, next week. Because we know that you like uh, shiny, sexy robots, and we do too. We'll talk with you next time. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for
2: future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com/majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com/majorspoilers.
4: What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine being in the Middle East With a gang Santo throwing soldier what a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, wow, wow! What a major spoiler!
1: This is where you would hear a cute kid, but they're all asleep right now. Copyright 2011. Woo!